Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Big Apple Hockey Podcast today. Uh, we have a lot that we're going to be going over. Also, with the fact that I say, uh, way too much, but trying to work that out of my system. Fortunately, I got my two co-hosts coming on right now. Uh, Anthony is just grabbing his daughter right now, and Mr. John Falkowski will be joining me in just about one moment. And as soon as he's ready, he'll just put himself right on in. Uh, of course, Mark Williams right there. As I mentioned, the aforementioned Mr. John Falkowski, straight and fresh from the Corn and Stain concert last night. How was it, John? Very good. Uh, very good time. Corn played a lot of their old stuff. Stain played uh, some good stuff, too. And uh, for wrestling and hockey fans in this case, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. What does wrestling mean? fans will get that <laughs> For the people that aren't hockey fans or, or, or wrestling fans. Oh, I know. Tonight's, uh, tonight's team. AEW. Yeah. And by the way, here, there are my tickets from the corn concert that I did not use last night. So a little bit annoyed at myself. I forgot I was completely there last night. By the way, let's get him centered right there. Mr. John Volkowski and his fresh nameplate right there. <laughs> and, and I see, uh, I see Sean's already on top of the, uh, the puns with the stained, but Sean also gets the, uh, the, the, the AEW reference there. Rest in peace. Brody Lee joined dark order. And Scarecrow. Nice. I like it even better. You corrected it to the C without that. Um, Love it. the, um, see, I was, I was thinking of corn puns, but when your first thing to use was dead bodies everywhere. Kind <laughs> of the wrong song to use right there, or the entire concert's falling away from me, or uh, Freak on a Leash, or um, I mean, there's a lot of corn songs that go through my head. So I mean, you could use Blind. I don't know. Could they they blind? ended could with blind. blind. Why dead bodies everywhere? I don't. I don't know. This is where I went to right away. So uh, something wrong up there, uh, or, or as they would say in the Waterboy, what's wrong with his Medulla Oblongata? <laughs> So a friend of mine, by the way, last week, let me know that I say the word um way too much. So I listened to our podcast, which you can subscribe to on iTunes and on Spotify, and actually just listened to myself. I knew John said it a little bit. If it did John as a drinking game, you'd be like, ah, okay, well, that's that's a few shots. You tried me as a drinking game, you'd be dead. Holy cow, do I dead. say um way too much. So <laughs> I'll be coaching myself out of that. D-E-D. -D -E How are we doing? And also, oh, wait, before I get the uh, ticker going, let's get Mr. Anthony LaRocco right there. What's going on, boys? Oh, uh, nothing. Hell of a weekend. It was a great time going to the game the other day. If you guys didn't see the video on that, we have it right. Uh, we'll put a connection to it right here. Uh, although it'd probably be over there by John's head. Um, but it was it was a hell of a time. Great time. Just great to be back and watch hockey again. Great to be back in the garden. And it was also great that you guys got recognized. So, yeah. yeah um, Jalen, cool. if, if you're watching, uh, thank you for coming up with us. Nick as well. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome to see, like, people – recognizing us out of nowhere and we're just sitting there kind of just minding our own business watching the game you know in between periods and stuff like that too and even out, outside after the game uh, it just 
it, it's awesome because you know what? It means that we're doing something good. It means we're doing something right, and we're we're doing something really really good here for everybody. And, and if people are going to recognize us, uh, then you know what? It, it feels good. It feels good. Well, we're not it, as global as you are, Stephen. Yeah, no, Stephen. I, th- I think you. I think you got us there, Stephen. You, you've been on MSG Networks. We haven't been there yet, buddy. <laughs> and yes, it's it's great. We're we're only getting we're only getting started, everybody. This we is going to get so much better and so much bigger, Anthony. We were at the NHL draft, though, Phil. That 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 counts for a lot. Yeah, the, it does count for a lot. It was it, you know it was cool to cover everything live, and I mean I, I got to personally interview Alan May. Um, John Shannon and Stan, uh, Sam Cosentino and, and Sam was just, just an amazing interview. He really was. He was so nice. So, so insightful, just a genuinely good human being. So I, I, I hope to God we could get Sam on the show in the, in the, uh, the future. Yeah. Well, first things first, as Anthony was having a little bit of fun yesterday, he was, uh, Oh, there's my first one of the day. So he was, ah! Kind of combining in a couple of um, players, and he got this one. This is Adam Fox and John Falkowski matched together. That actually looks like it could be uh, Adam Fox's brother, Philk. So you're <laughs> one step closer to a, a Vesna. Yeah. Oh, sorry, actually, sorry, not a Vesna. Um, looks more one. like Adam Fox than it does my ugly mug, but that's another story. <laughs> well, it could be could be much worse because here is Mark Zabanajad. And I do have to say, my goodness, for once, I actually have a full beard. Adam Foxkowski, I like that. Adam Foxkowski. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right. Adam Foxkowski has a better head of hair than John Falkowski, that's for sure. Well, would you rather have his hairline or his hockey sense? I'll take his hockey sense 15 out of 10 times. All right. Well, we were at the game the other day and we were looking at the competition for spots because obviously uh, we're seeing some of uh, the players that are that are competing for spots right now. Uh, John, what is your what is your idea about? Uh, I know that's the second one. What's your what, what, what did you see between, say, for instance, Nils Lundqvist and Brady Steiner last night? Well, I'll start with one thing and just to, to, to lay a caveat down and I've talked about this with people online is that the competition against the Islanders was far better than the competition against Boston, Boston. I don't even know if you want to call that a B squad at this point, because it was, it was bad. They, they weren't good. Um, but there's one for me. Yeah. So there's, you know, the one with the problem. That's the reason why I said, <laughs> you know what? I'm thinking about you doing it. And that's why it's getting in my head over here. So I got I to stop doing that because I, I'm, po- I'm poking the bear and I'm, I'm getting a little taste of my own medicine there. So yeah, Adam, I'm sorry. Braden Schneider actually looked better against lesser competition, but he, he looked great. Him and Zachary Jones were the best pairing on the ice by far. And they were better than Jacob Truba and Keandre Miller and Keandre Miller, who really, I would say since the second half of last year hasn't looked too good. And Zach Jones in his cup of coffee last year looked really good. And they looked even better last night. So, I mean, if Zach Jones keeps doing what he's doing right now, he's going he's gonna to force their hands. Same with Braden Schneider. They're going to have to make a tougher decision than they would have probably anticipated before the start of camp. So um, as for Nils Lundqvist, I thought he looked okay. But again, 
better competition against the Islanders, even with some of their guys like Matt Barzal missing. I, I think Nils Lundqvist looked okay. I think there were a lot of expectations on him, and I think that he didn't look phenomenal like everybody would have wanted or expected. So that's why there's this little bit of a feeling, like a letdown feeling towards Nils Lundqvist, and I don't think that's fair. I, I really don't. I want to see more of Nils Lundqvist before I, I start questioning things. But uh, I'm going to stop here because we have our guest coming on. All right, let's bring him on in. And uh, a guy who, a guy who, I was actually just watching him just a minute ago. Uh, Hold on. Dan's just trying to uh, fix things up with his camera. Yeah. I must have brought him in a little early. Sorry about that. Oh, no, it's all right. Usually uh, that's been, uh, that's all right. And we're going to bring in right now Dan Rosen, NHL analyst. And a matter of fact, I was just watching your Rangers preview just about three minutes ago. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Doing your so homework. I got, I got a double dose of you right now. <laughs> all right. Nice. Good. And, uh, Thanks, uh, thanks for joining us. I know it's been a couple of years since you were on our other show that we had. It's so glad to have you back. Um, let's start with the three of us went to the Ranger Islander preseason game the other night. And I want to ask you about two players on each side that fans are curious about, Nils Lundqvist and Robin Salo. Um, I thought they both looked pretty good. What are, you, what are your thoughts on those guys making each squad respectively for this coming season? Well, I think Salo's got a very long shot because the Islanders seem pretty set with what they are um you know they brought in a lot of veteran presence around their lineup so i, I think he's got a, he's a long shot very much so but you never know i mean things could happen injuries guys could surprise and whatnot but i would say long shot nils has got the front runner uh for that spot on the right side of third pair for the rangers on D with likely with patrick nemeth that's what he's been with that's what he's been with in training camp at times with patrick nemeth and i think that's why they brought in patrick nemeth to be you know, that steadying, big, physical, stay-at-home presence on the left side of a third with a guy like Nils Lundqvist. Uh, so I would say that Nils Lundqvist has the... And we lost Dan. Uh, we lost him. is a little bit of tactical difficulty, but... Yeah, we'll, sorry we'll, about we'll that, guys. right back. Don't worry about that. But yeah. he, is, he is right about that with uh, Nils Lundqvist and uh, Patrick Nemeth. One reason why you got him right there, and that's why you don't want to go with uh, too much youth. By the way, that's number three. Uh, <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're not making this into a drinking game. <laughs> no, thank God. Yeah. That, that would that would probably be bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got you back. You got man. me back now? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sorry about that. I don't know what just happened there. It just totally cut out and put me. Anyway, All right. one time it booted me, and I'm um, the host. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, maybe they didn't like what you were saying. Um, you know what? <laughs> I was, as I was saying, I think Nils Lundqvist has the inside track to, to the job there. But it was interesting for me on the Rangers, especially with their D, is they have so many young D right now. Uh, I think Hartford's going to be loaded, really, with, with a lot of young D because there's only so many spots in New York. But you, know, you figure Braden Schneider and Zach Jones and Matthew Robertson. I mean, where does Igor Hayek fall onto this depth chart? He might be down at like 9 or 10 or 11 at this point with the way that the Rangers have developed some young D. 
Dan, it's funny because just before you got on, we were talking about um, Nils Lundqvist and Braden Schneider and then Zach Jones as well and how well Jones and Schneider looked last night. If they continue to play the way that they played last night against some better competition, do you think that could force Drury and Gallant to make a tougher decision than they would have originally anticipated before the start of camp in terms of maybe even Patrick Nemeth or maybe even Nils Lundqvist? Well, look, Patrick Nemeth signed a three-year contract. Uh, He's on the team. They didn't sign Patrick Nemeth to a three-year contract to cut him, uh, waive him or whatever. It would be, you know, in favor of a younger player who could go to Hartford and may need more time in Hartford. I mean, you're talking about Zach Jones has played just a handful of NHL games. Braden Schneider has never played an NHL game, nor has Nils Lundqvist. But Nils Lundqvist has played professional. Uh, and I think that, you know, at a, at a high level in Sweden and done very well there, winning the Borea Sami Awards, the best Swedish-born defenseman in the SHL last year. So I would be shocked if Chris Drury and Gerard Gallant erred on the side of youth and inexperience for their D, especially with a team that believes in, and I think rightly so, it should be a playoff contender, instead of going with experience and size and guys who have kind of been around for a while when they don't have to do that. So I, I, I do think Zach Jones and I do think Braden Schneider will get games in the NHL this season. Um, but they'll come at the expense of injuries and, and things along those lines, or just really poor play if that, if it gets to that point, but you're really looking at two, maybe three spots when you consider their top four is is set. And then when you consider Nemeth is a veteran and Jared Tenorti has got a lot of size and I think he was brought in to be the seventh defenseman. Plus you still have Anthony Boteto in the mix as well. It, to me, it doesn't make sense to rush Braden Schneider and Zach Jones based off of how they look in training camp and handle a preseason game. Dan, in your NHL preview that I was just mentioned that I was watching, you use a great phrase, which was that the Rangers – thought they were in the playoff race last year. And then they go to the Islanders and then they just get (laughs) slapped around. And Mm -hmm. so that's why I, that's actually why I think this team had to address the third and fourth line and get some sandpaper and some grit. Did this team address all those problems that they had going from playing against the Islanders and the Bruins and then the Tom Wilson incident, of course. Well, yes, they did. No question about it. Barkley Goudreau is a huge addition. I, I, I know people get hung up on the contract six years. I think it's like three and a half or 3.6 million per year. Don't get hung up on the contract. Barkley Goudreau is going to be a valuable player for the Rangers for the next five or six years because of everything he does. He's so versatile. He's not going to be relied upon to be a big-time scorer. doesn't have to be. He, he, he can score. We've seen him score. Uh, he scored some big goals in his career, man. He scored an overtime for San Jose that won a huge series, and he, he scored a big goal in Florida last year for Tampa Bay, and he was a big, obviously a huge part of their run on that third line. He's so important. I love that sign. Uh, Ryan Reeves, look, we know what Ryan Reeves brings. We get that. That's that's a no-brainer of what he is, and he will help them in that department. It's gonna, the Rangers will have more pushback in-game, not the next game this year, okay? There's no question about that. Uh, Sam Blay, I think, can be a real surprise for the Rangers. He's a lot, he's a guy who scored at lower levels, hasn't really found an offensive touch or an offensive 
you know, consistent offensive game in the NHL, but he's but he can score and he's big, physical, grinding, straight line guy. And what do all those three guys have in common? They've played in the Stanley Cup final or won the Stanley Cup. Barclay Gaudreau's won it once, uh, twice. Sammy Blay won it once. Ryan Reeves played in the Stanley Cup final. So they did address it. The issue that, well, I don't even call it an issue. The concern I would have is can Philip Heedle be a third line center? And if it's not Philip Heedle, is it Ryan Strom? But it doesn't seem like it would be Ryan Strom because Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom have great chemistry together. So it's got to be Philip Heedle. Can Philip Heedle be a third line center? Playing in that type of role while also being an offensive threat. That's going to be the question I think that needs to get answered for the Rangers this season uh, to, for them to, have, to show the depth that I think they do have down the middle. Dan, in, in regards to the Islanders, the last two years they couldn't climb the mountain, which was the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, what, do, what do they have to do this year to get over that hump, or has it just come down to something as simple as avoid Tampa Bay? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, if avoiding Tampa Bay would be nice in the playoffs. There's no question about that. Um, I don't think the Islanders have to do anything different. Let's not forget, the Islanders were one goal away from, in my mind, winning the Stanley Cup. Okay, because I think they win that game second, and that's a one nothing game. They go into the Stanley Cup final, they're the favorite, and they beat Montreal exactly the way that Tampa did because they were better than Montreal. So, yes, they'd have to play that round, but they're one goal away from probably winning the Stanley Cup, and we're, having, we're not having this conversation. They didn't get that goal, so I understand, you know, obviously it's a question, but look, the Islanders know exactly what they are, they play to their system as well or better than any other team in the league. Um, their center depth is really good. I mean, really good. Barzell, Brock Nelson, J.G. Pazzo, and Casey Sezikis line that up, and that's as good or better than every other team in the league. Yeah, I know we're going to say, oh, what about Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl? But, what, but it drops off after that, right? They don't have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, but – the Edmonton Oilers don't have Casey Sezikis and J.G. Pajot, right? So um, they're they're really good. Their, their D is solid. Uh, I think they'll miss Nick Letty and that skating ability and his presence on the power play, but that means Noah Dobson has to jump up and be a big-time player in that sense. I like the addition of Zach Parisi in a third-line role, that triple-P line, which I think they could have with Pajot, Parisi, and Palmieri can really be a dynamite third line. Uh, and I think Oliver Walsh should play on the top line with Matthew Barzell and Andrews Lee. And oh, by the way, Andrews Lee is back. Their goaltending is solid. To me, they're this, they're, they are, I mean, I can easily see Islanders in the Stanley Cup final this season. They're, they're that good, in my opinion. And they, they know exactly what they are and they play to it. Sticking with the Islanders, Dan, how do you think the loss of Jordan Eberle will affect the team? Well, that's where Oliver Wallstrom has to step up. I don't think it affects them at all if Oliver Wallstrom plays the way he's capable of. And Wallstrom's a terrific player. He's a first-round pick. He's got an unreal shot, terrific release. And now he should, in theory, get the opportunity. Uh, I mean, how dangerous of a line is Lee in front of the net, Barzell doing his thing, the Dixie dudes all around the ice, and Oliver setting up Oliver Wallstrom for a one T that's just going to blow you away. You know, uh, you know. I think that's where – you know, they won't miss Jordan Everly if Wallstrom steps up. I also 
think re-signing Kyle Palmieri helps in that regard too, because if Wallstrom doesn't make it, you know, doesn't help you in that, in that aspect and or needs more time, you can always throw Kyle Palmieri up on that line and you know exactly what you're going to get. I don't think they miss that really that much. I really don't because they had an easy, natural, younger replacement. Yeah, that's true. Or do you think that the Islanders are a power play trigger man away from really being a Stanley Cup champion right now? Because that's the only well, weakness I see with them. I, yeah, although Pulak's got a huge shot. You know, I mean, let's not forget about that. I mean, the guy's got a massive bomb from the point. Um, and I think I I think that Wallstrom really can be an effective player in that sense, too. I, I think his shot can be a real threat on the power play. Let's see how it rolls for a little bit. I, I, and we all know that Lou Lamarillo is not one that's going to be shy about tinkering and adding at the, you know, at or, at or before the trade deadline to make things more effective for the Islanders. But honestly, I don't see any holes with the Islanders. Um, I don't see a hole in, I can, I can make a case for a lot of teams that they're missing this or they're missing that, or I'm questioning this or questioning that there's very, I'm really not with the New York Islanders. Now, Dan, before, um, you know, before we let you go, I want in the Metro as a whole, the three of us and a lot of other people for that matter, have kind of predicted for Washington and Pittsburgh to fall off the last two years or so. And it just it just hasn't happened. Um, do you think this is do you think this is a year where one of them fails to qualify for the playoffs for the first time in a long time? I do. I do. I think this is a, it could, could be a struggle for the Pittsburgh Panthers you're going to be missing Sidney Crosby at the start of the season. He may miss four games. He may miss eight games. He may miss more. I'm not sure. But any time that Sidney Crosby is out of the lineup is obviously a detriment to the Paints and Penguins. And, and this division could come down to one or two points being the difference in making or missing. In fact, it probably will come down to one or two points being the difference. And those points, you can find them in October. It's hard to make them up in March and April, you know? Um, yes. That's that's going to be a problem. And if Yanni Malkin being out for two months, the, for at least the first two months of the regular season, is an enormous blow to the Pittsburgh Penguins. These these guys, we all know as good as you know how good they are and what they've done. And more than anything, their centers. It's such an important position. And Malkin being out, that's a lot on the shoulders of a Jeff Carter. Even when Sidney comes back, that's a lot on the shoulders of Jeff Carter, who at 36, 37 years old is not player anymore. He just isn't. He's been that player, but he just isn't that player anymore. And then you have the question mark in goal. Like, Tristan Jarry was solid last season, but he was not good in the playoffs. And does that eat away at him? You know, is the mix. Lost him again. Jeez. <laughs> it's, that, it's that Coliseum Wi-Fi. <laughs> you said he has Coliseum Wi-Fi, too? He must be. He must be on it. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, you know, maybe he's in. Uh, oh, wait, hey, we got Dan back. Dan's coming back. All right. It says device is not connected down at the bottom there. We got it. Hey, oh, there it goes. Okay. All right, we got again. you again. <laughs> Obviously, I like the who, whoever's running this show likes the Penguins more than I do, I guess. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I'm hardwired. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Oh, I'm not. That's the problem. So <laughs> you're kind of right. I mean, I view. I view McCann and Tanev out with McGinn and Heiden, Danton Heinen in a little bit of a downgrade for sure. I yeah, think. I think so. A hundred percent. That Tanev is a big loss. He's a grinding third. Look, 
we see how valuable third lines are. Look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, right? I mean, they don't win without that third line. They don't win without those players. And that, to me, is what Brandon Tanev is. And that, to me, what Jeremy Hayne can also deliver, too. Big losses, no question about it. So I think the Pittsburgh Penguins can have an issue making the playoffs this year. I would say Washington, too. Uh, the loss of Brendan Dillon, I think, could really hurt them going forward. Yeah, yeah, that that's an interesting loss, too. I like Washington a little bit more than I do Pittsburgh. Again, Nick Backstrom hurt right now. If Nick Backstrom doesn't come back healthy, that's a bigger problem. But they Definitely. have Backstrom. They have Kuznetsov. Obi's still ripping the puck into the net. They got Carlson on the back end. I think their goaltending is solid. Um yeah, I have a few, I have fewer questions about Washington than I do, uh, you know, about Pittsburgh. And I think the biggest questions I have with Pittsburgh are the Malkin injury, less so the Crosby injury, but the Malkin injury and the goaltending. Because again, Jerry was good last season, but he was not good in the playoffs, and that can eat away at a young goalie. Another team I think a lot of people aren't looking, uh, or at least their radar isn't showing them, is the the Philadelphia Flyers could rebound. Uh, this year too, yeah. right? They yeah. can definitely rebound with the D, with the additions they made, especially on D and Ryan Ellis and, and Rasmus Ristolainen. Rasmus Ristolainen could be a guy that everybody looks at and says, "Whoa, I didn't realize how good he was," because Ristolainen was stuck in a bad situation in Buffalo for a long time, and eventually that eats away at you. And, and now he's fresh out of out of there and into a market that's you know believes it's a playoff contender and. And I think that could really play a big dividends for him and the Philadelphia Flyers. And we know Ryan Ellis is Ryan Ellis is a gamer. He's terrific. He, he can move the puck around. He's got a great shot. Um, they had big issues with being hard to play against and, and keeping the puck out of the net last year. They're going to be better in that department, but Carter Hart's going to deliver too. And he was not good last year either. So Carter Hart, it's a lot, a lot on a young goalie too. And I mean, l- lastly, does the Carolina, I know Carolina is going to be a very good team. There's no question about that, but, I question Nedeljkovic had a Calder finalist season, and they let him go, and they brought in Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta and also Morazic out. Would you say their goaltending maybe slightly declined? I think it's even um, with the potential of if Nedeljkovic really was going to start to take off, and maybe it would be on, you know not as good as it was last year. But we're not 100% sure that was one run, one you know, shortened season for Nedeljkovic, so we'll see. Um, there's a lot of turnover in Carolina. Goaltending, Dougie Hamilton out. Um, it's a it's, it's a lot different there right now. So while I think Rob Brindamore is a terrific coach, and and they are another team like the Islanders that know exactly how they have to play to win, and when they play that way, they're almost impossible to beat. I think there is a little bit of a question there because of the number you know the, the number of players in and out of the lineup that that from what we've seen, but from Carolina, but I. That they're so solid, and I, I, and to be honest, I just, I just love guys like Sebastian Aho and Andre Svechnikov, oh. Table Terrain, and I mean those guys are just terrific forwards. They can play for any team in the league. Yeah, yeah. Well, well Dan, that thanks. Mean, what I mean by that is they could, they could play for my team, no question. <laughs> well, I, I, I yeah. think we're all in agreement. We, we had that conversation on Sunday. Sebastian Ajo is the guy I would pluck off at any of my rivals yeah. right now. Absolutely. He's he's excellent. He's always involved in the play. He's always yeah. creating scoring chances, and he's always got the play. Yeah, and great defensively. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, Dan. We're, we're all excited to get the season going, and, you know, I think it's going to be a great year in the NHL this year. But 
um, you know, we'll talk to you down the road for sure. And, uh, well, he's gone again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we lost him like three yeah. times in one in one thing. It must yeah. have been Lou. Lou. Lou must have known that he was talking about the Islanders and said he pulled the plug. That must have been the reason. Okay. Yes. By the way, John, hey, how's it going? Uh, just joined. What y'all think about Blay, uh, about Blay last night? I love the hitting. Uh, I love Sammy Blay. Uh, let's just get that in. Hey, John, Dylan XD. Yeah. Yeah, uh, a couple of guys I know from uh, hockey. So, so yeah, that. Was, you know, we we met a lot of new people uh, on <clears throat> Sunday, introducing you to the our cult that we're building. So hopefully, Nick from Sunday, what's up, man? Earlier, yeah. Uh, so, but going back to us, competition for the spots. I almost don't see any way that uh, Lori Pionemi makes the team uh, just because those, those spots are already filled. That's six, yeah. by the way, there was two in the last minute. I, uh, I, I think, I think the Rangers is really, it's really just comes down to the defense. I think the forward spots are pretty much, are pretty much locked in. I don't know how much competition is really there. I mean, Baron, but I think they're interesting decisions for them are going to be on defense. I think for sure. Yeah, I think Kevin Rooney might win the uh, the fourth center spot. I think, like Dan said, I, I think he's right about that. I think they're going to go with an experience because this this looks like it's they want to be a playoff team, and I, I, I really think that they're going to take that mentality and they're going to have the veterans there over the the youth. So I think that would apply to Kevin Rooney over Morgan Barron as well. Yeah. And I and I do think Nils Lundqvist has the edge for the on defense too. I mean, I, I think so too. I I, I I just wondered if if it kept up, would they would they have more of a decision to make? Like if if he like how Keandre Miller blew them out of the water last year yeah. in camp and in the preseason. So, and you also remember defense defensemen usually take longer to develop too. I mean, it helps that he's been playing pro. Um, you know, he's not a 19 year old green kid coming out of juniors, but I don't, I think, I think they're going to be patient with all their young defenders, regardless of which one makes the team. Yeah. And a little tidbit too, that I, I actually agree with here. Uh, DP was right. Justin Richards looked good last night. He did. He made a lot of things happen on that line with Oppmann and uh, Brodzinski. So I, I, I gotta, I gotta say, I was definitely impressed by him. Which says something because I've kind of joked saying if Brodzinski is the answer, what the hell is the question? But <laughs> there was a lot of there was a lot of good that came out of that line. You know what? You're kind of seeing some good seeds out of uh, Brendan Ottman right now too. Yeah, and Stephen with another good point here. I mean, again, that kind of just ties into what Dan said is uh, you know that they that they were going to probably go with more of a veteran outlook in uh, this lineup. I would, like I said, you would have to really, really beat the world as a, uh, as a young kid trying to get into the lineup to really get that spot. So I, I really think we're going to end up seeing. And there has to be a hole for you too. You saw that when Philip Heedle came up back in 2017 and you yeah. saw that, when uh, Anthony Duclair was there in 2015, 
but it's difficult when you, when the team wants you to get that spot. That's a different story. That's why Nils Lundqvist might be on the opening night roster, though he has competition. We're going to be talking about that in one second. And um, Anthony, uh, your thoughts on some of the Islander guys? Uh, do you think any of those guys could even make the lineup? Well, Trotz has has some high praises from uh, Robin Salo so far. Um, he's liked the way he skate he skated. Um, how he's got himself out of trouble with the by skating the puck up, um, you know, the offensive instincts he has with his outlet passes. So um, the only thing for me is I think there's no doubt he's going to be a defender for the Islanders in the future. Just they have Eric Gustafson on the PTO. You know, he had two assists against the Rangers. Trotz has, has praised him as well. Um, you know, he loves his his veterans a little more than the younger guys. So that's why when it comes down to maybe that last spot on defense, I think Eric Gustafson probably has the edge over Robin Salo, um, but Robin Salo isn't far behind. Um, the competition really comes down to the forwards. I mean, there's no doubt who the starting 12 are going to be, but that 13th and 14th spot, the two extra forwards are going to carry. You know, you have a lot of guys competing for those spots. Richard Ponick, um, you know, Michael Del Cole, Ross Johnson, Leo Komarov, Anatoly Golishev. Um, you know, and a lot of those got Kiefer Bellows and a lot of all those guys are waiver eligible. So whoever they decide to waive is going to have to pass through waivers. And judging by the preseason so far, Richard Ponick's played in both games. Uh, Trotz is saying his praises too. He said he's similar in the, to Leo Komarov, just a more skilled version of Leo. Um, you know, he could play on that fourth line with Matt Martin, not skating right now. He could also play up in your lineup. So I think for sure he's going to be the 13th forward. Um, that last spot, again, it's going to come down between Johnston, Del Col, um, you know, Leo or Goalie Chev, which um, Trotz has said has looked good. He's used them on, on a line with Barzell and Lee uh, during the training camp days so far just because he knows he's a more skilled guy and wanted to see if he could keep up. So, um, yeah, it's just those last two spots with, I think, Ponick already having the 13th spot locked down. But the Islanders are deep, 1 through 12. There's no question about who the starting 12 are going to be. It's just going to be those last two forward spots. But um, they have good depth. As Dan Rosen said, they they really have good depth. I mean, you're talking, you know, Richard Ponick could probably play on a lot of other teams. And on the Islanders right now, he's like the 13th forward. So um, I have no issues with the Islanders forward group right now. And I'm curious to see who wins that last spot. No, I mean, the only thing I would worry about with the Islanders would just be, like I said, Nick Letty, the hole there. What who steps up and replaces those top four minutes? That's that's really the only question. And you got a question though if it's a Dan Ochara, can he really do it at 42 years old? Because I mean, He's after probably, all, you know, once yeah. you turn 42, you're decrepit and you're you're die and you should just be put out the pasture, unless you're Yarmir Yager. Yeah, and, and you know, you're what? 43. <laughs> Chara played about 18 minutes with Washington last year, so I think. Charles isn't going to be afraid to use him. Um, you know, he's referenced what Chara's done for McAvoy in Boston. He's pairing him with Dobson in training with training camp. And I'm thrilled about that. Having Noah Dobson, you know, shadow one of the best defensemen, the best defenseman in the last, you know, tenure of what, 15 years or so. Mm -hmm. um, that That's good. You know, he's going to learn. He's going to be like a sponge. And I think it's only a good thing to have Chara paired with him. But it seems like that's going to be the pair to start the year, Chara Dobson. So. Uh, by the way, we're going to go back to the Ranger one one second, but first, uh, I just had well, to say uh, that. Highlight, highlight the first part of that where Dave had his comment right there. Yeah, uh, so, Jack, Johnson, yeah. Jack Johnson scored a goal that was deflected off of Las Vegas as Brett Howden 
the first time Howden and Johnson combined <laughs> for, uh, seemingly ever, or that will be. But well, as long as it doesn't comment, damage uh, Howden's intentions per sixty, they'll be okay. Going the Birdie's comment though, Strom, Kaka, Panarin, they looked real solid last night. I mean, Artemis Panarin is the ultimate deodorant for the New York Rangers. They certainly don't stink when he's around. Yeah. So. Yeah. And uh, that's a that's a that's a nice little analogy right there. I'd say. Yeah. Well, that's you know I have to replace uh, some intelligent conversation since I don't say um too much anymore. <laughs> All right. Uh, but we want to know what you guys think about what were your thoughts on the preseason games. Uh, I don't even know what happened. There's seven. I don't even know what happened with the Islanders last night, Anthony. They won. They, they won 3-2 in overtime. Beauvillier uh, had had two goals. Noah Dobson had a goal and two assists. Okay. There they we go. 3-2. Yeah, that one I didn't get to record. I could only record tour. one game. We're going to be taking a tour of UBS Arena next week where you'll see a video of us talking about that. We can't wait for that. That's going to be – uh, that's going to be great to see at least finally the Islanders could get an update arena and not, and I'm not even talking about with the, uh, with the Brooklyn one that they were at just the Barclays was not. Yeah. Kaka on the PK. That is right. It wasn't a great one, but we're going to move on and do some bar talk guys. You missed, uh, I missed what you missed the whole uh, little, Oh, wait, actually, that's, you know what, Anthony, you're (laughs) right about that. It's a good thing we're not moving on just yet, but we are moving on to a different topic. But so uh, we keep talking about the restricted free agents that are out there. And it's a, this is, this is big news. There are tectonic plates that are shifting. Last week, uh, Kippersoff resigning. That, that was a bit of a shocker to me. Elias Pettersson and Hughes. Kippersoff is back. The goalie, the goalie of the Calgary Flames is back. Kiprasov? Kaprizov. Oh, geez. You really just call him Kiprasov? He He did call him Oh, I said Kiprasov, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, well, shut up. (laughs) Five five years, nine million. Yeah, three years at nine. uh, That's a good deal, at least to get him in. I don't like giving it to a second-year player, but what are you going to do if you're Minnesota when he's got you over a barrel? Yeah. But Anthony, give me your thoughts on the remaining three. Which one does, do you think might be signing first? Uh, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't seem like any three of them are particularly close. Um, you know, I sent a tweet in our group before. It says that uh, Pedersen and Hughes right now, talks are ongoing, but nothing seems close at the moment. Um, Kachuk. Last I heard that, you know, now he's now he's considering a, a bridge deal because it doesn't seem like they're going to be able to hammer out a long term deal. Um, I mean, listen, I don't I don't think any of these go as long as Nylander did a couple of years ago, where he literally signed on December 1st at 459. Um, you know, I think they'll all be signed um, eventually. However, I'm not I'm not so confident anymore that none of them you know, won't miss any games. At first I thought it would be a shoe in. Um, I just, at this rate, I don't know. I mean, Trent, you know, the season's what, maybe 10, uh, 10, 12 days away. Um, so I'm not so sold on that. And I, if I had to pick a guess, 
Um, I would think maybe Hugh signs first out of the three of them. But, I mean, it really could be any of them. But, hey, listen, these three teams, especially Vancouver, Ottawa probably doesn't realistically have any playoff hopes. But Vancouver's a team that could possibly make the playoffs. And you want your two best players signed and in camp with your team. The longer they miss, the worse it is for them. So, Agreed. Uh, it's not a, not a good situation for either of those three clubs. Yeah, and, and and Stephen just brought up a good point. You know, the, the, when you miss camp, anytime you miss camp for whatever reason, you know, usually you, you start out slow. Yeah. And look at me, he's advantage at last year. He missed a lot of the camp, you know, with COVID. He had a real slow start. That first half of the season was not kind to him at all. And now you have two, you're probably your two best players in Hughes and Pedersen. And that hurts Vancouver more than it hurts Ottawa, if anything. Ottawa has no expectations on them. I know that Dorian. Well, the rebuild is over. I, I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, shut up here, Dorian. Just please shut up for for the for the sake of your fans, your franchise, and yourself. Stop saying. Stop speaking, please, because you, you sound idiotic. But Kachuk wants a lot of money, and he's not worth what he's supposedly looking for. So. If Ottawa caves and gives him the money that he's looking for, that that could possibly hurt them going forward. Because then, what happens when Drake Batherson's uh, when there's one for me, and what happens when that comes around? What like when when his contract comes up? What happens with him? What happens with Tim Stutzla? I mean, he he's going to probably be their best player in their team going forward, if not Thomas Shabbat. So. Yeah. Batherson signed a six-year deal a couple of weeks ago. Oh, that's right. That's right. Sorry. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm talking about, like, Stutzla and some of these other guys like Norris, guys that will – they're going to get some big contracts, especially if it gets to the point that Kachuk's gotten to. So, I I know it doesn't hurt Ottawa now with the the, the standings and everything like that, but going forward in the next few years, that that could be a problem for them. But Vancouver – for a team that should have playoff aspirations, this is a huge blow. See, I I actually think they should really force some of these guys to take bridge deals because they're not putting up Connor McDavid numbers. You got to be kidding me! And you got to give like eight million, right? But I mean, eight million right now. It, it, for like a what a fifty point player, thirty gold last year, and I missed it. Like. And I believe the guy's got great talent. I believe I, I would I would put an offer sheet in for Elias Pettersson right now if I could. But also, if he's going to look over at me and go, "You, I want $11 million, no, absolutely not. I mean, I'm, and I'm not trying to take away any leverage these guys got. This is their leverage. This is their lives. This is their negotiations. But if I'm, I'm a team guy, no. That right there. Yeah. Is, it, it, says it, right there it says it all. It says it all. I wouldn't give Kachuk eight to nine million at all. No, I mean, I, the thing is, Ottawa has a ton of cap space, so the, the cap space isn't the issue here with with Kachuk. I, I, I just, yeah, right now. But like I said, you, you got to look at that team in a few years. They're they're going to have a lot of contracts that are come up. They're going to be like the Rangers. A lot of a lot of guys coming off of ELC and and second year con- or second deals, and they're going to require some big money. So Ottawa, you know, Dorian's got to be smart, and I, I understand we 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 all know about how cheap Melnick can be, but I, I'm with Ottawa on this one. That Kachuk is not worth eight to nine million. Yeah, he hasn't put yet. up. 
anywhere close to any numbers anywhere close to deserving that type of money. And by the way, it's good to have a friend like Steven who pointed out if he signs during the season that 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 cap hit gets higher. So what might what might happen for Vancouver to help them is I heard that Travis Hamannick just re-signed with them this offseason, but now I'm hearing that he might either retire or actually opt out, which would save them three million. Um, you know, and that and that would help them because I think off the top of my head, I think they have somewhere around like thirteen or fourteen million in cap space right now. Um, you would think that's enough, but Pedersen and Hughes can likely get eight million alone by themselves. So that's sixteen million right there. So if they could save three million from Hamannick, you know, doing one of those two things, that would help them. But um, yeah, I, I don't. These two guys, I think they should have made a stronger priority to get them done earlier in the yeah. offseason. I mean, I get Hughes wasn't eligible. I also, I also don't understand what the what the holdup is on Hughes. The guy can't be offer sheeted. Exactly. Yeah, he yeah. can't be offer sheeted. He doesn't have. He's not arbitration eligible, so he doesn't yeah. have the leverage that someone like Patterson does. So I, I mean, I know so that we're not going to really. You're just trying to get him in. On, on figuring out what Pedersen's going to sign for, then you got to turn to him and go, you're going to sign for this because you want to be on this team and you really right. have no other choice. Okay, great. And, and seeing, But this and team seeing needs to feel the team. Up. They can actually make the playoffs in that division. And I'm sure seeing that Kaprizov got $9 million doesn't really help Vancouver's case with Pedersen because Pedersen sees that, you know, a guy that played one year in the league and got $9 million already. I mean, that that's... Older player... He had uh, he has the KHL as an option, not really because we we've gone over that at a different time. And the other thing is, there's he was one year RFA, and then um, like <clears throat> he was going to he he kind of was using his leverage the right way. Yeah. And Minnesota really needed to keep him, and he's got that hardware. Like yeah, and he's also decorated in Russia. I mean, this is a guy that was you know widely yeah. player outside the NHL. When we talk about Adam Fox's contract coming up, he's going to point uh, right behind him, eight, and then say, look at that Norris trophy I got right there. You know how many Rangers won a Norris trophy? Yeah, and and Steven's point, Anthony talked about that before with Nylander signing literally on the final yeah, minute of the deadline on his last day. So, uh, I mean, that that's something that we're, we're definitely familiar with. But it, the, the thing is, is I, I, I like Joe's point here is how – you know, teams go from we have a lot of cap space to to making a dumb trade like the trade that Chicago made to to trade uh, <laughs> Panarin to Columbus to get what Brandon Sod back. That, yeah. that was bad. That was really yeah. bad. So you, you got it. Like that's why I was talking about Ottawa. Like you, you got to watch what you're doing. And for me, Vancouver, what they should have done was they should have moved. Tyler Myers before going and adding Connor Garland and Oliver Ekman Larson. And even with Arizona retaining on Ekman Larson's contract, that's a lot of salary to be taking in for two guys, especially one. And I get it. You, you, you want to bring in a guy that's a puck mover, but is Oliver Ekman Larson ever going to be worth the money that you're going to be paying him regardless of that $1 million in retention yeah. when you have Quinn Hughes, who's a far better puck mover and power play quarterback at this point in their respective careers? No. Also, so why do you look up redundant in the dictionary, just see redundant. If your power play quarterback is Quinn Hughes, who are you going Why with? do you need Ekman Larson in that point? Yeah. 
this this comment um we and we we bantied about this but look minnesota obviously i think all 31 teams would have lined up for Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if the wild would have gotten fair value for Kaprizov in a trade based on what his rumored, you know, S was on his contract, you know, only wanting three years. I know he eventually settled to five. Um, But he, yeah, I mean, the wild would have got back a lot. I just don't think it would, they would have got anything um, to his level. that would have helped them for this year. Sure. They probably would have got good prospects maybe for the future. But for the current time period, I don't know if they would have won that trade. Well, what do you guys think? Would you have traded Kaprizov? Uh, who of these guys would you have signed? Or can you believe that some of them aren't signed right now? Throw it all down in the comments below. We're going to go on, do some bar talk. And we might even have a full show tonight, guys. So where are we? Ah. I'm going to take a shot on this one. I'm going to say beer. I'm buying everybody around on this. Oh, my God. Good news, Philk. I got the ATR gone, but it was still in the in this one. It's just on my other computer. By the way, uh, tomorrow we will be releasing the Bring on the Hockey Season in the vein of We Didn't Start the Fire. By the way, uh, Stephen, I have to send you uh, Billy Joel's Vienna. So... You can enjoy that. By the way, thank me later because it's a great song. But welcome to Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, where we gauge our topic on uh, we gauge our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you really confident you're going to buy everybody around? Just you just feel so so. You just have a beer, or yeah, I'm going to just take a shot. You know, or maybe you just need a shot. So first things first, usually we save like one of the funny lines for the end, but we got to say this. Philk, the New York Rangers will score a goal versus the New York Islanders ever again. Um, are you looking for the masochist in me to say shot? Because no. that's, I mean. No. It's definitely going to be buying everybody. Around. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. Well, <laughs> obviously, we're buying everybody around on this, but it's it just their, their performance was just pathetic against them it was preseason. On, on Sunday. It was preseason, so I'm not too mad or concerned or anything like that about it. I just wanted to see a goal because I wanted to hear the damn song. I feel like I'm the Hanson brothers in Slapshot when the ref is bothering them about, you know, chastising them fight, about fighting with the, you know, during the game and stuff like that. I'm listening to the freaking song. Oh, wait, hold on. Anthony, will the Rangers ever score a goal on the New York Islanders? I mean, this is obviously <laughs> silly satire, but I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, I get it because the Islanders have oh, shut out the, the Rangers the last couple of times they've got them. So, yeah. I, All right. Well, uh, I'm just going to make the clean sweep because I, I also put this one in. Do you guys know who the last New York Ranger was to beat a New York Islander goaltender? Throw it all down in the comments below. I will uh, tell Philk. Wasn't that exactly Alexi Lafreniere? Only a few seconds. Who? Wasn't it Alexi Lafreniere? It was not Alexi Lafreniere. So, the side salad of the N- of the NHL. I love that one. I'm gonna wait till our second topic before I could get it. I want to see if somebody could get it in the comments without looking it up. But, <laughs> all right, moving on to the real one on the next one. Braden Schneider could take the sixth spot over a Nils Lundqvist. 
John. I'm going to say shot. Uh, you know what? I, I like to bring up discourse and have uh, have fun with everything like that and, and and just, you know, play devil's advocate sometimes. I think Braden Schneider has definitely opened some eyes with last night's play. With that said, that was like a C squad from Boston. So let's see what happens in the next few games, and then we'll take it from there. But for now, it's a shot. Um, I'm going to say only beer. Uh, contracts also play into some of these situations too. Options. Uh, same thing happens in baseball. But the only reason why is if he wows everybody right away, but they're not bringing over Nels Lundqvist and um, getting him in here to make sure that he's not going to get the roster spot. The very worst case scenario, him and Schneider end up sharing a spot for a little bit. But I don't even think that's going to happen. Anthony. Um, yeah, I think I think this one is a shot. I mean, I think it's Nils Lundqvist's spot to lose. Um, I really do. Um, Schneider, I think, has some upside. Um, but I, I think if any young Ranger defenseman takes a spot here, it's going to be Lundqvist. All right. I'm going to look through. We got uh, – we got K. Andre Miller. Uh, this big Lundquist fan. I think he's got the inside. It's not a done deal, but he's got the inside track. It's not Brandon Smith yet, so we still haven't gotten the right answer on who scored the last goal against the uh, against the Islanders. That's that's enough to make me just shake my head. Still, we're gonna go to the Islanders right now. Then answer that other question. Kiefer Bellows will be an ex-Islander very soon. Anthony. Um, I, I, I think I might have to go around here. Um, I just don't, I don't think he's done enough to, you know, elevate his game to show Barry Trotz. He could be one of these 13th or 14th forwards that make the team. Um, I think there are guys that are playing performing better than him right now. Um, and he's waiver eligible. And even though, you know, he struggled to stick, um, he does have an NHL level shot and release. Um, so I think if he goes through waivers being that he makes, you know, league minimum, well, Lou never announced what the, what the numbers were in the deal. Um, but I got to say, it's going to, you know, roughly 750000 Someone will take him on waivers. John? Well, I'm going to buy everybody around on this. Uh, like Anthony said, I, I just – I never saw him take that next step in development in anything other than his shooting. It just – his shot is great. He, he really can absolutely fire the puck, has a cannon. But his skating is okay. His hockey sense really isn't there. He's probably one of the worst playmakers in the NHL if you consider him an NHL player. He's really just not a good playmaker by any means. And I'm saying that as somebody who's watched almost every game of Chris Kreider's career, by the way. So, yeah, Kiefer Bellows, to me, just doesn't have the other facets of the game down at an NHL level, and I don't see him sticking. So I think he's over in Europe sooner than later. Uh, we're going to make this a clean sweep, guys, because it's definitely Kiefer Bellows is going to be an ex-Islander. He's not going to get a roster spot, and it's only a matter of time until he asks for a trade or is claimed on waivers. He might go somewhere else and actually develop. I think it's just... He was a guy that never really found his niche with the Islanders. He, he had a great juniors, uh, world juniors every single time. 
if, if you look back at the best Olympic moments that, or the best team, team USA moments in one of my first videos, Kiefer Bellows is on every one of those. Curtis and Lazar was a hero at the world juniors. Just remember that. Who was Curtis Lazar? And he's and playing Casey four Middlestad fine minutes in Boston. On that one. So yeah. two, sometimes two it might thing. not be that. By the way, we do have a winner in who was the last New York Ranger to score a goal against New York Islanders. Of course, it would be none other than Statboy Steven getting oh, – hold on. Comment came through and it switched me. It was Kevin Rooney. Kevin Rooney in that 6-1 to one debacle at, at the Coliseum. That's yeah. when the New York Rangers lost um, <clears throat> Jacob Truba. In that game, I believe they lost Chris Potter in that game too. They missed it. Oh, Mark! <laughs> oh my god! Oh my goodness! Two final things on Bellows, Mark. One, you spelled Kiefer wrong. It's K I E. You switched the E and the I. Um, sorry. The second, um, the second thing is, if he goes through waivers, being that his age and what he makes. Um, and his ability to shoot, I think a team will claim him. However, Lou Lamorello isn't a guy that really likes to lose anybody for, for nothing. Um, so if the Islanders do decide he's not going to make the team, um, I wonder if he just tries to trade him to another team for, you know, a late round pick or an equally struggling player at like a different position, maybe. Um, but I, I don't know if you'd want to risk losing him for nothing. Yeah. I, I think that could happen too. I, and by the way, uh, as as I kind of look at it with his name just now, first off, I should know how to spell Kiefer with all the years I was watching uh, 24. But on the other hand, I go with the office space sign uh, line of nah, 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 not going to be working here anymore. So yeah. that's all that matters. Samir Naga, Naga, not going to be working here anymore. Yeah. It's it's why, why is Kiefer not on the Islanders? Because he bellows. So anyway... Yeah. See, it's kind of like blows, except mm-hmm. anyway. So all that news that came Play the out, cricket sound. <laughs> well, actually, we got it right here. Just throw that in. Yeah. Yeah. All right, but moving back. All the news that came out last week of our favorite topic over the summer. Jack Eichel is right to have hard feelings with the Buffalo Sabres. Mr. John Fulkowski. What are you all drinking? Because I'm I'm buying everybody around on this one. It just you, it, what they did to him was stupid. Kevin Adams and I've said this for months and months now has made this personal. Instead of trying to facilitate a hockey deal and getting a headache out of his hair and out of the organization and and trying to do what's really best for the team, he's really just dragged Jack Eichel through the mud. And there's no reason for any of this. There really isn't. And to to a point before that, Anthony, you were talking about, you know, well, if with Kaprizov, you know, you, you said that they weren't going to get enough value for Kirill Kaprizov. Anytime you trade a superstar player away, there's never enough pl- value going in return for like said player. There, very, very, very rarely are there ever fair value returns for superstar players. And Jack Eichel is not going to be an exception to that rule. He wants out. He's pissed off the organization, as he has every right to be. And they're mishandling this whole situation. Kevin Adams has tanked his value. 
So instead of doing something and letting them have the surgery or just trading them away to a team that will deal with it, Kevin Adams has dragged him through the mud and made this a big, gigantic problem. So, yeah, he has every right to feel have hard feelings uh, against the Sabres. And any player that refuses to sign there or a player that wants out afterwards has every right to feel the way that they do because – Kevin Adams is not just a front runner for the Peter Chiarelli Award. Kevin Adams is the front runner for the I need to take a hike and never be involved with hockey again award. It's and by the way, um, I'm going to go and buy everybody around as well, uh, which, by the way, it's always good to run into me. I was buying lots of drinks on Sunday, but <laughs> it's ah. it's just this. You got to be kidding me the way they're they're treating this guy. This guy is supposed to be your franchise, your, and again, I know he's disgruntled. I know he wants out. I know all this other stuff, but come on. You just now, like you just said, you you cost him, hey Gene, by the way, uh, you just cost him a, a spot on Team USA. So now it's not even just about him at the NHL level. Now you're impacting the team USA and this guy's dream to go play in the Olympics and represent his country. And now, and they stripped him of his captaincy. So you're basically saying you're going to trade him. How much, how much more do you want to do? You want to take pictures of him in the shower or something like, and, and leak that on the internet. Like the, just, this is humiliating and degrading and it's unbelievable. If the guy, if the guy, if the situation, it's, it's just terrible. End this. The, the fans deserve better. Never mind the player. Never mind the organization. The, the fans deserve better. And if he was a New York Ranger, I'd be going nuts right now. I'm already going nuts. Anthony, please stop me from talking. Uh, shot. No, round. Kidding. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't like, for instance, I don't think he has hard feelings about being stripped of the sea. I really don't think he cares about that. I'm sure she understands he doesn't want to be there. A team needs a captain that's there. My, I think the issue that he's having is that even though it's in the CBA where the team gets to dictate, dictate medical procedures, they should just let him have the surgery that, that he wanted. Just just, just give him the, uh, the power to make his own choice in that regard. You know he's not going to be part of your team, you know, for long anyway. You might as well just let him do it and then send him on his way. But um, yeah, how they thank how, you how they how they handled this um, is wrong. I, listen, I could see. Here's what I could see: if if Jack Eichel was content with Buffalo, and this was never a thing that he was that he was going to be traded, and he loved it there, I could see Buffalo saying, "All right, well, no, I want I want you to have this surgery because you're a big part of our team going forward." But the fact that he wants out and everyone knows it's going to end. Just just let him have the surgery. And listen, I, I understand that, you know, this surgery has never been performed on an NHL player. But, you know, it's his body, his choice, right? I mean, that you hear that term used. Um, just they, they should have just let him do it. Um, and they're just they're just playing hardball and, and sticking by the rules to a T in the sense, oh, well, it's in our contract that we have the, you know, we have the right to determine their team doctors say no. Um, so this is just going in circles now, guys. It's, 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 I don't see an end to this in sight. Um, I really don't. Uh, it's clear that it's starting to look like he possibly may not play this year because he's, unless the Sabres wilt on his choice to have a surgery, I don't, I don't see how or, or why or it will. 
it's it's unfortunate for all parties involved. Buffalo, because they're not getting back anybody they could use for Eichel if they were to trade him. Eichel, because he's not getting to play hockey. Um, so everybody loses here. And I just can't believe it really dragged on this far. I, I really don't. It's it's again, it's it's like trying to buy it, it's trying to sell a car or get rid of a car that you know is going to need work. And they're still expecting you to pay sticker price from when it came out of the factory for it. Now, first, yeah. get the job, get the work done. If you did that, because again, if, if the team acquires Jack Eichel tomorrow, he's out for two months. It's ridiculously stupid. This is obviously the dumb. I mean, and I, you know what I really want? I really do want Kevin Adams to lose this trade. Whoever he trades him to, he gets yeah. nothing. Yeah, he gets, I, I, he I, gets I, nothing. Good yeah. day, sir. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. And, and and another thing that Kevin Adams has done is to bring up Dave's <laughs> comment here about the Kings are the only other team that has anything worth you know, facilitating a realistic trade for Eichel, aside from the Rangers, they moved on. Kevin Adams played his hand so poorly that every team that was in on him has basically moved on and made their contingency plans for this season. So now what he has to do is go back to the situation again next summer and hope that he can get something done before that no-movement clause kicks in. Because whatever leverage he had left at that point, if that no movement clause kicks in, sayonara, it's on, it's gone, it's over with. By the way, and just to mention just, in here, I wouldn't even sign in the signed Billy Joel t-shirt. He just gets no. a Billy Joel t-shirt. Yeah, he, he just gets get a Billy Joel. No, he, he he gets one of those Super Bowl t-shirts of the wrong team winning that gets sent to some other some other country. We don't know where it goes when now, the other team loses. This would be a loses. great time for me to say this. You should have gotten this from Hattrick Apparel. So, um, <laughs> that's uh, – and those shirts are still for sale. Uh, but it's, it's just – it, it, it's I'm tired of talking about it because, but we're going to keep on, we're going to talk about this at least once a month for the next month and for the, for, not for the next month, next, next year, please. The, again, the fans deserve better. Something that's, that's going to be much less aggravating as we move on. Dougie Hamilton will lead the devils in scoring. Mr. LaRocco. What's your take? As good as he was offensively. Um, I'm going to say shot because I think Jack Hughes really breaks out this year. I think Hughes is going to do really good things for, for Jersey. Um, he was the first overall talent for a reason. Um, you know, I think, you know, he's gotten, as he's matures, he's getting a little bigger, a little stronger, um, a little smarter. Um, and I just think he's going to not explode this year, but I think Hughes is really going to break out and have a really, really good year for New Jersey. Um, Dougie Hamilton's really good. He's, a, you know, he's a good defenseman. He can, you know, rack up points. Um, but I think it's going to be Jack Hughes's year. Phil, I'm going to say beer. And the reason why I say this is because, you know, everybody's talking about Jack Hughes and everybody thinks that he'll, uh, he'll break out. And I, I do agree to a point. I, I think Jack Hughes is going to have a good year, but Dougie Hamilton's going to get a ton of ice time. And I, I have a feeling that a lot of Dougie Hamilton's minutes will probably be spent with Jack Hughes. So on those plays that Hughes is either assisting or scoring, 
Who do you think is going to end up having an assist on a large majority of those plays? I think it's Hamilton. I think Hamilton's going to be involved in the vast majority of the plays that Jack Hughes ends up getting a point in. So I, I do think that Jack Hughes probably will end up leading the Devils in scoring. But I would not be shocked in the slightest bit if Dougie Hamilton ended up leading the Devils in scoring and did it by a very slim margin. I think it's I think it's Jack Hughes. Uh, so I'm gonna just say shot. And it's one of those things you don't want your defenseman to lead your team in scoring. No, you don't. Ever. You're right. So uh, you could say he might. There's a chance he better not. That's 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 not a good sign. You're right. Yeah. Hamilton also uh, doesn't he have some durability issues? Like he's gonna miss like he he always tends to like miss like a week or two during the season. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking always like the way my ex girlfriend used to always say that I always did something wrong. Anyway. Oh, I thought that was going <laughs> in a different direction. Yeah. Oh, thank I, God. I thought there was going to be a punchline right there, and then there wasn't. Uh, but no, you don't want your defenseman to ever lead your team in scoring. Cole Sillinger will be the surprise rookie to crack an NHL roster this season. John. I'm going to say – Shot. I don't know if there's any real rookies that come out of this draft class that you know that end up cracking an NHL roster. I mean, if there would be one, maybe Mason McTavish, just mm-hmm. because I think he has NHL size at this point and he's got some skill. But I don't even think he makes it. I, I just, I really have trouble seeing someone from this draft class coming out and, and making an opening night roster or are you, are you talking about making an opening night roster or just cracking at some point this year? Anthony, I think this one was yours. Um, I guess I opening night roster really. Um, yeah, then I'm going to, I'm going I'm to go shot. And, and like I said, if there was one, I would say maybe Mason McTavish, but I mean, Damian LaSalle looked decent against uh against the rangers last night so good for him you know i'm gonna jump on this before we go to it and uh i'm gonna say shot uh i'm i think he's he's gonna be on the the roster at some point during the year but it's Uh, I think he's going to be on the yeah. roster at some point this year, but on the other hand, I'm I'm not sure about opening night, um, and and how that's going to go. Over to you. I'm going beer, and I pose this question because I read um, I read that Cole Schillinger was opening up a lot of eyes in Columbus, and that uh, they were talking about he could possibly start the season centering line because he's been that good in training camp, um, and Columbus isn't really particularly deep at center either, um, so. I mean, if if he's really opening that much eyes and he's playing well and they really like his game, um, it's it's certainly possible. I mean, the kid's skilled, comes from a good bloodline. Um, and being that a lot of the top picks from this year's draft have already commi- committed to Michigan and going back to school and whatnot, um, he doesn't really have much competition um, from this year's class. So put all that together, I think there might be a chance that he makes Columbus. Uh I got I to gotta pose this question to you guys also right now. Um, just 
before we get to the last and very critical question that we're going to ask, who gets more points this year, Cock or Hughes? I think it's definitely going to be Hughes. Uh, but I would say who gets more points, Lafreniere or um, Hughes? I'm going to say Lafreniere there. I, I think Lafreniere is going to break out. And he's going to be playing probably with Mika Zibanejad. And I think that's going to help him big time. So I'm going to go with Lafreniere. I don't think it's going to be a, a, a sizable gap. But I, I think he will score more points than Jack Hughes. Anthony. Um, I don't know. This is this is tough. I mean, Hughes Hughes is I mean, you could you could say Nico Hishier, but Hughes is the devil's premier player. I mean, he's the guy that the devil's offense is gonna run through. The Rangers have, you know, Panarin and Zabinajad. Um that are their main guys. I think Hughes is New Jersey's main guy. Uh, I think he might see more time on ice than Lafreniere. I mean, I, I could see it being really close. Um, so it's really, honestly, it's really hard for me to say, but if I had a gun to my head, uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with Jack Hughes. All right. So by the way, we're going to throw out a quick trivia question as well. Uh, since Steven brought this up. Will Cole Sillinger play for as many teams as his dad? Yeah. How many teams did Mike Sillinger play for in the NHL? Twelve. Filk? Eleven. He played for the Detroit Red Wings, the Vancouver Canucks, the New York Islanders, the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, the Philadelphia Flyers, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Florida Panthers, the Columbus Blue Jackets, the St. Louis Blues, the Ottawa Senators, the Phoenix Coyotes, and the Nashville Predators. That would be 12, Mr. LaRocco. Wow. The goes to you. Wow. By the way, if, if, you, if you complain about playing for 12 teams, but you have a 17-year career, that's, that's, I, think that, I think I'd be okay having a 17-year career playing for 12 teams. Yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd be okay having a one-year career in the NHL. Right. Like, I mean, Michelle Petit had a lot, too. Cole Sillinger, uh, Mike Sillinger blew him out of the water. Hopefully, Cole won't have to worry about that whatsoever. To our final question, and we're hoping YouTube isn't going to censor us on anything, but a prominent unvaccinated player on the New Jersey Devils will affect the team in the standings. John, I'll turn this one over to you first. Well, Mark, you don't have to. It's public knowledge that Mackenzie Blackwood is that player. So yeah, I, it's yeah, okay. So now I can change I, that. I had yeah, I switched it already in the in the. Um, no, we did. I just didn't update it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's Mackenzie Blackwood, and yeah, when you lose your starting goaltender, that's gonna be a problem for New Jersey because they they. Uh, they brought in Jonathan Bernier to help with goaltending depth and competition. And Bernier could help. He could end up being their starter. Uh, Scott Wedgwood's really not that good. So I, I, I don't like him as an, uh, even as a backup. But uh, Blackwood was their guy. He was uh, their guy. So, yeah, um, I, I would say that this is definitely going to affect them. It might not be as bad, though, if Bernie can play the way that he has at his very best points of his career, though. So, 
but I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely say buy a round on this. Oh, I'm sorry, I was so focused on that I never put that up. Anthony, I'm gonna go to you. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go beer because um, it really should only affect them when they go play Canadian teams. Um, so what does that I mean? How many times are they gonna go to maybe rounds? What ten or so? Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Ten games is a is a big thing. If if you know your number, if your number one goalie is not playing, um, but Jonathan Bernier will help. You know they brought him in, um, and then they have Wedgwood too, who's you know a decent backup. Um, but you know McKenzie Blackwood, I th- you know he's a talented guy. He's clearly the best goaltender. Um, but being that he should really only affect them when they're crossing the border going to Canada, uh, it's not it's not going to be devastating. But I mean, it's certainly not good. That's for sure. Um, and who knows, maybe, you know, maybe he changes his mind and he gets it at some point and, you know, it won't be relevant anymore. But um, yeah, it's certainly not good for New Jersey, though. You want your number one goaltender to be available to you at every single moment. And, you know, for those games in Canada, he's not going to be. And also, let's be clear again, this is about the policy of the Canadian government that you have to be vaccinated in order to be uh with the NHL working over there. Todd, uh, I want to say Todd Bertuzzi. Tyler Bertuzzi is in a similar situation as well with the yes. with the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. It's easier to replace a guy in the lineup, even though it's a guy in your top line, than it is your starting goaltender. And Mackenzie Blackwood is their goalie. Is it going to affect him in the standings? If it affects you because of the six games you're going to lose him for, and it's probably going to be six. It's a, uh, let's see. Uh, Calgary, Edmonton, it's 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 like maybe nine at the most. Um, no, no, it's not going to affect them. It's it's it's. I'm going to go shot on this, and the fact that it's kind of been getting blown up. It it's. I, I it, it makes me have a little bit of emotions about it. That sort of it mirrors what I was thinking about with the Jack Eichel situation. Well, you want to hear it's, a. Uh... A fun fact. The guy, Tyler, absolutely. Tyler Bertuzzi, Mackenzie Blackwood, and Zach Ronaldo, who are, are all unvaccinated, and all three of them share the same agent. Yeah. So that's it. I mean, that, that would be one hell of a coincidence. So, I mean, saying. and we're not going <laughs> to argue against for or against anything, but it should always be your choice. That's it's just that simple. And we're going to just move on from there. I don't think it's going to affect them because I do think they got a goaltending that can at least play a couple of the games in Canada, but not that big of an issue. But, guys, we want to know what you think. Uh, is losing Blackwood going to be a problem for the Devils in the standings? Is Dougie Hamilton going to lead the Devils in points, more importantly? Jack Eichel, right to have hard feelings with the with Buffalo Sabres? Friedenstein are going to break the Rangers roster. Kiefer Bellows going to say bye-bye. Throw it all down in the comments below, guys. And we're actually going to do some honest press conferences today for the first time in a while. So. Connor, just can you give me your sense of kind of where, where the group is at? Once again, my teammates come up short. You just know he really, really wanted to say that. Yeah. Absolutely, he wanted to say that. Yeah. But 
hockey players, we're not going to throw each other under the bus. It would be nice to do it occasionally, but that's where we got us for. Honest <laughs> press conferences. Where <laughs> we say what those athletes really, really want to say. And first, we're going to talk to a New York Rangers rookie trying to break into the lineup. And my guy is Nils Lundqvist. First off, I just want to say it's pronounced Lundqvist. Lundqvist. And uh, I know that name carries some weight around here. If you pronounce it a different way, it's going to be something I idolize. I'm going to long to live up for. But the Rangers, they have really put some faith in me. They made me a good first-round pick, and I can't wait. I can't wait to show them what, what I'm capable of doing. And I'm willing to put in the work. If you see my press conferences, you know that I'm calm, cool, and collected. Not like some idiot hothead that runs a, a YouTube channel. And he, this, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be very smart. And uh, I'm going to be working hard for this team. And I'll do whatever they need me to do. If I end up starting in Hartford, so be it. I'll work my way back up. I'm already ready to take questions. I don't even need to make this statement any longer. Nils, how do you take uh, to playing with a veteran like Patrick Namath, who is from your your fellow native country, Sweden, and what has he done for you so far in this camp? He's, he's sort of helped me with my transition of coming over to New York – and uh, America and being in my first NHL camp. And it's, it's something that uh, it, some players can get a little bit anxious on. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm very, very calm and cool and collected, like I just said. And uh, uh, it's, it's, been a, it's been a fun camp so far. Nils, um, how did you feel about having your first NHL action being in a preseason game, obviously, but being against – um, the Islanders. Obviously, the two teams have a big rivalry. Um, you know, naturally, it was dialed down because it's preseason. But overall, what were your thoughts on um, you know playing in your first NHL game and you know it being against the New York Islanders? Well, when you play against a good team, it really gets your heart rate going, and that's what I, I was hoping I was going to have a chance to shine. There was a play in the first period where I I was driving the net and. Uh, they just didn't see me as I was going there. Would have loved to get the puck, put it in the net, and then, you know, open my coach's eyes. But yeah, there will be other times for that. I'll, I'll, have, I'll have plenty of other times to get started. Thank you, Nils. Thank you. Thank you, Nils. Short and, short and sweet on that one. So I can't find my mouse. There it is. But fortunately – there was another player that came back to the organization that drafted him. And by the way, he was on the ice for Wayne Gretzky's final goal. And Mr. Anthony Loracco is a Dano Char. So things really go full circle, huh, gentlemen? Um, you know, I took took the large part of this offseason to discuss with my family uh, whether or not, you know, I wanted to come back and play another year in the NHL. Um, once, you know, they, they were on board with it, um, you know, I talked to some teams um, and naturally being that my family's still back in Boston, I wanted to play for a team that was close enough where I could still see them, not really a long trip and also have it be a team um, that I think could possibly win a Stanley Cup. Um, so as I finish out my career, um, so with that said, 
Uh, the Islanders were a team that were, you know, at the top of my list. Uh, they you have a well-respected general manager in Lou Lamorello, um, a great coach in Barry Trotz, um, you know, and they're a team that has been on the cusp. Uh, there are a couple other teams that express interest in me. Uh, the St. Louis Blues were interested in me, but I politely declined that. Um, and then there were a few other teams that inquired about my services. Uh, but ultimately, you know, due to location and chance to win, um, I chose the New York Islanders and I'm coming back home. You know, um, 2001, uh, Mike Milbury made the decision to trade me to the Ottawa Senators. And, uh, and I really blossomed there. Um, my career really took off playing with uh, Wade Redden. had a lot of success. And then obviously everyone knows what I did with the Boston Bruins. Um, but, you know, it's so long, though, 20 years. A lot of things have changed since I was last on the island. I um, mean, you know, they're a team that was a little bit in turmoil. Um, didn't expect to be traded. I still thought I was going to be a piece to the, the long-term puzzle there. But, um, you know, they were under pressure to make it back to the playoffs after, you know, seven or eight years not making it. So they made the trade for um, Alexa Yashin and, uh, you know, they went from there. But um, I'm happy that I'm back and I'm glad that I can uh, finish my career where, where it all started, back on the island. All right. Well, Zidane, now that you're back with the island, or back with the Islanders, rather, there's a lot of depth on that blue line, a a lot of spots to be – and only a few spots to really be competing for. As you know, their their top three is pretty much in place with Pollock, Pellick, and I would say Scott Mayfield. Where do you see yourself playing, and who do you see yourself playing with? Well, um, as I'm sure some of you already know, I've been paired with uh, Noah Dobson so far in training camp. Um, I've been impressed with Noah. Um, you know, he's a bright young man. Uh, he works hard. Uh, and I think he's going to be a great defense in this league for a long time. So I'm happy to really show him the ropes and um, have him lean on me. And uh, it seems like uh, that will be the pair to start the year. So um, but whoever Barry is, you know, wants to pair me with, I'm, I'm happy to do so. Um, and a lot of people question my age. You know, yes, I am 44 years old, but you know, it's well documented about, you know, how well I take care of my body and I'm still in, you know, great physical shape. I, you know, if I didn't feel like I could play anymore, I, I would have stepped away, but um, I'm confident to be able to play heavy minutes for the Islanders if they need me to. Um, and, you know, whether it's Noah Dobson or whether it's, you know, Eric Gustafson or, or whatnot, I'm, I'm going to go out there and, and I'm going to do what I do and be physical and use my size and reach to keep uh, opponents away. So, um, but I'm looking forward to the season started and, uh, you know, playing in front of those fans again. Zdeno, so this year, are you going to campaign for the Islanders to bring back the fishermen for at least one game so you can wear your fisherman jersey that you have in your closet? Uh, so I do I do have that jersey. I'm, when I signed, uh, I dug through my, my stuff, um, and I posted a picture on Instagram of me wearing the old uh, Islander jersey from uh, – uh, back in the day, their current logo. Uh, I have a fisherman logo somewhere. I just uh, couldn't really couldn't find it. But yeah, you know that jersey. Um, you know, I know a lot of fans hated it at the time, but now it's become like a, you know, nostalgia. A lot of younger fans like to wear it, and I know you know places sell it. The Islander team store, Angel store sell it. So um, I just know Lou. Lou is very traditional. And I, don't, I don't think he'll ever let that come back to where the team actually wears that. Um, but you know, I I enjoyed it for the short time I wore it. Uh, I know I had the number 53 on that when I wore it when I first came up, but you no, know, it's a good Jersey, but 
um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that uh, they eventually switched back to the more traditional colors. And, um, you know, I got my 33 this time around and I'm, I'm ready to go and hopefully have a lot of success this year. And, uh, you know, don't forget I'm Big Z and, um, you know, I, uh, I have a Howard server shot and I play for a man called Big Lou. So you better make sure you call him after this this conference call and thank him for allowing uh, Islanders PR to let me come on this show because if you don't, um, you know Lou is gonna Lou is gonna be uh, knocking on your door in a couple hours, Mark. <laughs> you know he likes his secrets. Yes. All right. Thank you very much for joining us, Big Z. Thank you. And, and of course, there's one guy left, and we got to talk to this week. The man who is in charge of the bench, behind the bench for the New York Rangers, Mr. Gerard Gallant, which is our very own Mr. John Fukowski. So we have a young, exciting team coming up this year. We had a guy that I would say is kind of subpar coaching before me, but I'm a Jack Adams winner. I took an expansion team to the Stanley Cup Finals in its first year. And I, I'm really good with the players. And I will make sure that the job gets done. This team's going to make the playoffs. We're eventually going to win a cup with what we have here. We might make some additions. Maybe a big fish. We could uh, reel them in. Depends on what's going on up in uh, South Canada or whatever you want to call that. But um, depends on what's going on up there. And uh, we, we have a great young core here. We have a couple of superstars. We have a franchise goalie. We've got a great team. They're going to play hard. They're going to play honest. They're going to play right. And we're not going to uh, play any favorites with any players who get by on something called intentions. I think it, I think it was said. So yeah, we're not going to we're not going to worry about any of that garbage. So I'll take some questions as I'm moving down on that too. <laughs> All right. Uh, so it's a good thing that players aren't going to have to worry about good looks and good intentions. But, uh, Gerard, I do have to ask you this. What was it like, the polar opposite of going from a team with absolutely no history to a team with a 95-year history? History really doesn't matter to me all that much. I mean, it, it, it's it's nice. The organization's great. It's first class. They, can't, they take care of their alumni. Uh, take care of the players well. The facilities are great and everything. The arena is great. The locker room's amazing. But um, we're, we're not really worrying about history here. We're here to make history, not live on history. This is a team that, for whatever reason, spoon feeds its fans constant footage of the 1994 Stanley Cup final run. We, we don't want fans to be looking at that and being – the only thing that they've seen in recent memory that's resembles anything of a Stanley cup. We, we want, we want to make our own future. We want to make our own history. We want to add banners to the rafters and, and not just one. We want to add multiple banners. We have a team that we feel that can do that at a certain point in time. And what I'm here to do is make sure that these guys buy in and want to run through a wall, not only for me, but for each other. So they're going to get the chances that they deserve. Look at the job that I did in Florida. I, I've worked with players like Sasha Barkov, Jonathan Huberdeau, Vinny Trocek, Aaron Ekblad, uh, Riley Smith, Jonathan Marcheseau, and the latter two again in Vegas. 
Who was William Carlson before I came along? He was a nobody. Columbus didn't want anything to do with him. And then what happened? He came to Vegas. I gave him a shot. And he, and I put some faith in him. And he rewarded me. So, you know what? I, I've got some credit that I owe to those young players for helping me out. But I, I'd like to think that I helped them out too. So we're going to take that next step here. And the playoffs is the goal here. It's playoffs or bust this year. And then we're going to start looking at the Stanley Cup. Um, Gerard, you've um, alluded to possibly having a captain before the season starts. Um, are you any closer to naming a player to be the captain of your team for this season? Oh, well, you'll just have to wait and see there, my friend. I'm not going to be able to give you any answers right now, but I definitely think there will be one come opening night. Uh, I think it's a matter of, you know, crossing some T's and dotting some I's at this point. And we'll, we'll definitely have one come opening night, but uh, I, I don't like the idea that this team didn't have a captain. I think there were a lot of things that happened last year that truly exploited the leadership group or the lack of leadership that I should say that this team had. I, I mean, the Tom Wilson incident, that was another thing where you needed a stronger leadership group. You needed the team to come together and, and, and galvanize at that point. And they didn't. Um, the Tony D'Angelo incident, I know that he's not with the team anymore, but I, I think that if we had a better leadership group in place and probably a better coach, I, I don't think that would have escalated the way that it did. And that's why Tony is on another team where there is a better leadership group in place where they'll be able to corral him a little easier. And I don't think Rod Brindamore would really take any crap from Tony. I know Tony's a scrappy guy, but I think I got my money on Rod in the fight between those two. So um, we, we have a real good, a real good core here. Uh, we have, you know, some, some real good players. There are definitely some options for captain. And you know what? They're, we're talking about captains right now. But a captain right now doesn't necessarily have to be the same captain in the future. Maybe someone younger comes along and maybe takes that uh, takes that role. But we will definitely have one come opening night. I'm just not letting you know who that is right now. I'm going to follow up on a question on that. Sure. Does it, so age doesn't matter to you because uh, you also played with the youngest captain in NHL history. And Steven Eisenman. Yeah, up until the last 10 years. What the hell's going on? Yeah, all right. I, I, yeah, I just, I, I we lost your audio on that one, sir. Yeah, we lost your audio all of a sudden. Uh, try to mute you, bring you back. Move, Ed. John, how about now? I can't hear you. This is this is pretty funny. He's speechless. <laughs> oh, did I did I, did I die? <laughs> uh, I guess uh, 
I guess exit and come right back. See if that's the problem. I don't understand what happened to your audio. Can you hear me? Oh, now I can hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Then why are you telling me to exit and come back? <laughs> because we couldn't hear you. <laughs> you just told me that now, though, when you can hear me. That makes no sense. Because I can't tell you that I can hear you when I can't hear you. <laughs> so. All right. But, Gerard, thank you very much. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, although, actually, wait. What was your thoughts on Steven Eiserman? Mr. Eiserman is one hell of a player. He was called Stevie Wonder for a reason. And getting to play alongside of him, scoring 30 goals four consecutive times, um, <laughs> I got a little bit to thank for. Yeah, I used to <laughs> I used to always play with the Red Wings for a while on Sega Genesis. Yeah. When my brother wouldn't let me play with the Rangers. Still didn't you know. <laughs> Well, it's what happens when we have the technical difficulties, in all honesty. All right. So, Gerard, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. So that was our honest press conferences with a little bit of technical uh, difficulties in the middle of it. I would just like to defend myself on one thing. I didn't isolate myself in the middle of it on the American captain thing. That would have been Anthony accidentally isolating me. <laughs> What the hell uh, are you doing there? Uh, I was I was highlighting the comment. I think he was experimenting with if you do this, does that bring up the one? Or yeah, I, I saw somebody fucking around with whatever that was. I was like, yeah. what the hell is? Yeah, that? I tried. I tried to make your screen big because you were the one talking, but it went right. Tomorrow. But that's why you have the solo layout that's in the in yeah. the bottom. That's where you do. Yeah. So. You know, uh, um, we, we could work on the tutorial on this another time, I'm sure everybody. Yeah, it's uh, probably a good idea to do that. Yeah, not 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 keen <laughs> on that. Let's just stick to hockey. Everybody, so thank you very much for joining us for the Honest Press Conferences and our tech demo, apparently. So uh, what do you think? Nils Lundqvist, Com Cool Collected. Is Dano Char coming home or Gerard Gallant the right man for the job? Especially if it's Gerard Gallant and Mr. James, uh, John Falkowski. Gerard Gallant and not doing things with technology. Yes. Well, again, remember Adam Filkin Fox. <laughs> so, I guess so. Still better than Mark Zabanajad. So, Yikes! All, right. all around. Um, do you guys have any um editorials? No. Yeah, you know what? No. I was I was gonna say like. The Gerard Gallant thing, but we're just going to skip right through on that. Yeah, Tomorrow, I don't know if you really want to do that again after we just did that, basically. Yeah, it's it's, it's redundant. It's it's they're going to be fine. Yeah, um, uh, th this one kind of Sean nails it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was hell. It was a lot better than the introductory presser that he had. Again, just uh, just. It, it the footage that they've had ever since they've gotten him to the garden of him walking around the garden and him looking up at the locker room almost like a kid in a candy store. I, I think this guy is appreciative of where he is, and I can't wait to see what he does with this team. I think you know? he's appreciative just to have a, a, a to be with an organization that's not going to drop him off in the middle of nowhere. Fuck's sake, just ridiculous. Anthony, how long until me and John bitch about him? <laughs> um, I give you guys a good month. 
No, okay. I, I, I there, there, there's time. There's, there's going to. I think be the honeymoon's time. at least going to go to January for me. I don't, I don't think I'm. I might have a, the. Even you have that a little bit with, uh, uh, Barry Trotz. So. Yeah, when Leo Komarov on the top line, that was that was. Uh, yeah, there might be a certain issue that I might nitpick at, but overall, I, I mean, this is a guy that. I, I wanted for a while, so you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna trust him, and you know what? Even though there might be certain things that I, I might be not happy with, and might have my own opinions on, I, it's not David Quinn. It, 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 it's not a bozo. That's and I, should I be calling David Quinn a bozo? No, that's not a great look. But it, it, come on, when the decisions he were he was making were just what were you thinking? Five righties on a power play. Really? Um, the one I'll go with on that was again his goalie rotation was awful. His goalie rotation was if if you won name a number one, first name a number one. We learned that as Ranger fans years ago, nobody named the number one more than Mike Keenan did. The backup is a distant number two, but then he would go Sisterkin, Sisterkin, Georgiev, Georgiev. And then sometimes a third, and then Keith Kincaid playing back-to-back games at different points. Like, what are you doing? And fortunately, Gerard Gerard Gallant, if for some reason you end up hearing this message, yeah, you're going to get a lot more patience out of me. Though I got to be critical because that's the the life I've chosen, the job I'm taking right now. So, um. Awesome. We're gonna start the we're gonna start the Q and A now today, guys. So uh, nice. go right ahead. We'll take your questions. Yeah, yeah. I, I was looking through some of these things. <laughs> Jeff fans were saying that about Salah. Uh, I was like, I got you why back. was my audio just removed? You were you you got everything removed. I don't know what happened. Yeah, your video, your video got removed too. Yeah, yeah I know. What, what, what the hell was that? You got you got pulled from the stream, and you you weren't like, you weren't like cut out, sort of like Dan Rosen was. Sort of like yeah, kind of like Dan Rosen. Yeah, but he was still in the waiting room, so I don't understand what happened. Yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, don't worry about it. What do you guys think of the Rangers' fourth line last night? Sean's asking. If if you're talking about the the Reeves, uh, Blay, and Rooney line. I, I, I thought they were good, and I know there are some fans on Twitter that I talked to that were were not happy with them. And I, someone mentioned that they were outchanced at even strength, um, nine to two, which I don't even know how that's accurate because they didn't even they weren't even in the defensive zone long enough for that. So, um. I I really I, I liked what I saw last night. I think if they can play like that for a vast majority of their shifts, they're going to be an effective line, and they're going to give you some offense too. And I think I think Dan's right about Sammy Blake. I think Sammy Blake could be a guy. Um, so I I think you're 100 right, Phil. And unfortunately, by the way, you know what? Uh, John D. Lee's got a great question right here. We're going to go to him, and that's I. No. I, I yeah, thought. By the way, trade 
I thought they, they should have traded Georgiev a while ago. I thought they may. Yeah, I thought they missed the boat on that. They could have traded him when his value was high a couple of years yeah. ago. I still think. Hey, David. Yeah. Oh, that that this was the question I was looking to pull up. Yeah. Well, because sometimes a comment comes up right as we're about to hit it. But Dan Rosen was also talking about this when we were interviewing him, and it's just a question of whether or not. Heedle's going to be able to produce at that level. I don't know if he's got the game for it. Uh, and I I really like Philip Heedle. I, I like the kid, but is is he going to be able to kind of have a little bit of snarl to him? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he has if he has the enough grit for the for the three C role. Um, you know that that's my. I mean, skill. Yeah, I have no. I have no you know, issue about that. Um, it's the grit and, you know, the preseason game we went through, I saw him make some, some questionable decisions like with the, with the puck, with some passes. So um, that, that's my issue with Heedle. Um, I think they maybe need a more prototypical third line center, like a, you know, you're, you're like you're, all right. Like, Obviously, I'll, I'll I'll answer this. I can have like some like you're, you're straightforward like three C or JG Pajot, who's also like yeah. the prototypical three C. Yes. Oh, I, I almost forgot to say, go to hell, JG Pajot. I still remember that game. So <laughs> that four goal game against the Rangers. Uh, but yeah, three C's got to have some grit. Now the Rangers had a guy, you could argue that kind of fits a little bit like what Heedle is in Sergei Nemchinov, but Nemchinov was much better defensively. And he never had that snarl you, you would expect from, say, like um, a Pajot or a Gord. But he's, he, could, he could develop into something like that. I, I think third, third lines in general are, are kind of undervalued by some fans acro- across the league. Um, your third line can be a real can be a real asset. You know, a good team, a line that shuts players down and chips in offensively. Like, look at Tampa Bay. If Tampa Bay didn't have the Goudreau, Coleman, Gord line, they, I don't think they win the Stanley Cup last year. I mean, they that line was was really really good for them. They were good defensively, and and they they chipped in. And you know, like they don't have that line this year. I don't I don't see I don't see Tampa Bay winning the cup again. I mean, three years oh, in a row. No, no, no. Hard. I definitely but, don't. I don't see them having no replacements either. Phil, by the way, just Rich is bringing this up right now. And I, one positive we could take from the Islander game and even from this one, Rangers were close to 60% on face-offs. Yeah. In both yeah, of those, in both those games last night. That is very big. Yeah. I, I, I And I, I disagree with you guys on Tampa. I, I can definitely see them making another – addition at the deadline and i think the young guys that they have will come along and they'll they'll fit very well in the roles that they'll be put in so uh, you could you could say whatever you want about tampa but they're still the favorite to win it all so and they've still got the best goaltender they've still got great depth on defense and they've still got that top six so um as for the point about the third line i i, I think you're i think you're right I, I think that, you know, you may need something – you may need more of a prototypical third-line center that's a north-south type of guy. Hi, uh, Jalen, by the way. 
So yeah, you know what? Barrow only picked the wrong time to go get a sausage and pepper euro. It was nice. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice to see you there, buddy. But uh, Mark was uh, not in the uh, or not at the uh, seats at the time. So, but um, I I don't know. I I think this is a make or break here for Heal. I, I really do. Um, and if he doesn't start to show you more, but. Here's the thing with Filipino. If you look at what he did last year, he had 22 points in only 42 games. And he did it playing third line ice time. And he did it without playing on the power play. So if you look at that, that's pretty damn good, considering that he was playing with two other guys who are both under 21 years old. So let's see what happens with this team. Uh, It is a make or break year for him, though. But here's... A real good question that I just saw from Grant. Mm-hmm. What is Zach Jones' ceiling? Um, I think Zach Jones could be a second-pairing defender who who can run a power play. I think he's that good. Okay. <laughs> I thought there was going to be more to that. but yeah. No, it's and Phil just did it again. He's still in the – Phil, put yourself back in. I can see you. You're right there. <laughs> that no, I didn't do that. That's weird. I didn't do yeah. that. Mark, you should look into why because Dan Rosen got booted a couple, a couple of yeah, times. Yeah, but he I, got booted that's... off completely. That was the difference. This is Phil's back in the green room. So uh he's he's on standby. So that's that's the good news. Uh might just be issues with StreamYard right now. So uh yeah, I think Rosen's I... was probably more uh Wi-Fi connections. So yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Well, well, we'll we'll look at that anyway. But again, and he did it with a college coach, as uh, Sean's saying right there. But uh, and, and now Anthony just did it. Almost, are you clicking things? Well, we got now we got everybody here in the right spots again. Okay, so, but as far as uh, Zach Jones goes, there's a lot of great things that you're seeing from him. And Sean, I understand your enthusiasm because, uh, after all, Adam Fox is from Jericho. I used to play against Jericho. That's one town over from me. So it's, I like what I see out of Zach Jones. The Rangers eventually are going to give up one or two really good defensemen. And that's just something that's bothering me because they're going to pick one. It's going to be Keandre Miller, Zach Jones, Nils Lundqvist, Matthew Robertson. Uh, I I think Tom Marino is going to have something. So do, this question, do they really have anybody on the trading block? Real, I mean, realistically, um, when it comes time, like, I don't know. I don't I mean, re, I don't know if they, I guess it depends upon the situation. Like if it's the trade deadline and let's say it doesn't look like they're going to be in the playoffs, then yeah. I mean, it's, it's very possible that someone could be on the trade block, but as of right now, um, if they had to start the season, would you guys say that there's anyone that is, Okay, I have no yeah, idea what's going on because that's mid question. All right, Anthony, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was saying, do you guys think that there is anybody like on the trading block right now? Like, if I, I don't think there any there now. is anybody because if for it to be Kreider or Truba, they have to waive no move clauses. So let's eliminate them right there. The young players still have options to go back to the minors or to junior teams, some of them, and they'll be fine with that. 
I don't think there's anybody that they're going to be pressured to move. Like Brian Bell, uh, no, Brian no. Bell, that was his dad. Keeper <laughs> Bellows is going to have to get moved by the Islanders. He's waiver eligible. And, and how many years are you going to go through this dance with somebody? Well, can they or can they not? Can they that, or can they not? That's if, if Lou did, t- if Lou, I mean, as a general manager, I'm sure he has a feel on, on better than we do. If you would get claimed, I mean, if he's gonna be, if he's gonna be cut because he doesn't make the team, gets put on waivers. If he think, if he thinks that there might be a team that would claim him, he might, he might look to try to, to trade him first. And um, I mean, look, the guy, the guy, he's not making much. He's probably making league minimum, which is seven hundred fifty thousand, and he's still young enough where I, I think a team would take a flyer on him. I mean, I could see a team not taking a flyer on Michael Del Cole, but I mean, a guy like Kiefer Bellows, I mean. Yeah, I, I could see him getting claimed off waivers if he's waived. Yeah, I also just can't see him getting much of a return. I mean, no. unless he's a throw-in in a in a trade uh, in a trade for uh, like a like a package for like a better player, then I I don't see where the value is with someone like him who's basically bordering on bus status at this point. So I I, I don't see it. As for I, I know that Sean just mentioned. He thinks Georgiev is on the block. I, I don't think Georgiev is on a block because I really don't think there's any type of other backup available that would be better or that could really kind of step in at this point in the organization. Dylan Grant's And, and Hedl's not there yet for being on the block either while we're at it. I mean, you, you would have to look to a team that has three goalies where one of them can – I mean, because most third goalies in the league aren't really – they're like AHL starters, not really quite an AHL backup yet. You would need to look to a team that has a has a good third guy that could be a serviceable backup. And I mean, the free agent goalie market. I mean, McElhenney just retired. I think Devin Dubnik's still out there, but I mean, do you really? I mean, I don't really. What does he have left? Yeah, I don't really think he's particular. And uh, I, all right, yeah, this is this is uh, obviously an, an issue today. I don't. I don't think he's. Uh, I don't think he's, you know, particularly an NHL caliber goaltender anymore. Dubnik is at this point. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think he has le- anything left in the tank, really. And, and even if he does, I, I don't think he's an upgrade over Georgiev. I don't think there's anyone that, out there that's realistically available that would be an upgrade over Georgiev. And honestly, is this really the time where you look to upgrade your backup goaltender? No, I mean, not, gotta- not, not at this point. Yeah, you you gotta you gotta figure out everything else. If like if the Rangers were a team that was one piece away, or maybe one and a half pieces away from five, because I, I would consider a backup goaltender like a half a piece at this point. If they were one to one and a half pieces away from, yeah, we're obviously having some technical issues today. Can you hear him? Filk? It's it's not um No, he's back. Okay. Oh, what you couldn't hear what I was saying there? No. Yeah. Yeah. Your video's been fine. Your your audio was without Yeah, your your video's clear. So I don't understand that. I it's okay. Hey, guys, there there yeah. there are bad days for computers too. It's fine. Yeah, I'll put it. I'll put it in the. How did this go? It it went well, but there were issues. No, you're gonna have to put in bad. Yeah, right. you're gonna. Have I'll to put definitely bad. put in bad for today. I mean, yeah, you're, you're gonna have to put bad. 
been real good if for Hurdle us. stays healthy, does I like do the Rangers competing at the trade deadline? <clears throat> well, he'd be a rental at that point. He's a, he's an unrestricted free agent this summer, so it would come down to how much the Rangers are willing to give up for him. Um, and I would say a first and a prospect. Uh, nothing, nothing really more than that. I'd probably say a second and a prospect. He's going to get a first, though, because somebody is always going to be getting a first. Here's, yeah. a, here's an interesting Here's an interesting question, John, because Anthony's, Anthony's guys, we know where they are. The, the Islanders are all in. The Islanders have covered Boston right now. If the Rangers are, say, in fifth place outside on the wild card, should they go with the group that they got or should they be focused on buying to get into the playoffs? Oof, I, let's I'm going to answer, <laughs> answer this in two different ways. One, I'm going to answer as to whether they should or not, and two, I'll answer as to what, what they'll do. One, what they'll do is they'll go after somebody like Hurdle because this team's message is playoffs are bust. What they should do at that point is if the team's not good enough, don't go selling off assets for a temporary fix. It's not what you need to be doing with this team going forward, and especially at this point, because they're a bubble team. And let's face it, Pittsburgh's going to, some point or another, they're going to have that resurgence when both Malkin and Crosby are in the lineup again, and they're, they're playing well. And that it's going to happen. So they're eventually going to be a problem. Philadelphia could be a problem. Washington's still going to be right there. And the Islanders are probably going to win the division because I think this division's weaker than it's been in, in previous years. But I also think the Islanders are still the best team in the division. So I, I, I think they'll, they'll go for it, but they should just kind of let things slide at that point and kind of just ride it out and let the young kids just get the experience if they're going to miss the playoffs. Cause I can make the case for uh, six, possibly seven teams that can make the playoffs in this division. And hear me out. The seventh is more of a bubble team anyway. But the Islanders tend not to finish off seasons well. Uh, they, they're very good, but they don't tend to be rolling until they get to the, until they get to the first round. And then they beat up their first round opponent and move on after that. Or, you know, after all, you got the uh, you got the first round opponent having a, a goalie who clearly had money against his team because that's the only reason why Tristan Jari was that terrible. But so I'm going to say that I think the division's stronger. It's just that there are going to be teams beating each other up now. <clears throat> and Philly's going to have a slight resurgence, if not a big resurgence. Uh, the Rangers are, are coming. Washington's regressed a little bit, but they still got Peter Wobbley at a coach and uh, a whole lot of talent. I don't know if Philly's – Philly depends on uh, depends on Carter Hart. I mean, if Carter Hart doesn't, yeah. doesn't rebound, then, I mean, what are they going to do? I mean, yeah, you added Ryan Ellis. He did all these moves. But if your goaltending is going to be poor, I mean, what do you – how are you going to compete? You really, you're not, you're not going to be able to. Um, ah, this this division is is interesting to me. Um, I I I think um, the only teams that really have no shot and watch are you know the Devils and I want Columbus 
I mean, they're not they're not making the playoffs. And the thing is, I'm I'm arguing the Devils could end up being a bubble team. Like they can get they can get close. I don't think they're making it. I think they they can get close. Everything <clears throat> breaks their way. I'm not a believer in Dougie Hamilton. I like Mackenzie Blackwood. Uh, Lindy Ruff, his his defense, his, his schemes is okay. But if they got some good center depth. Mike is asking, uh, wait, first off, Dave's saying uh, Philadelphia making the playoffs every year, like every other year. It's like clockwork. Yeah, it sort of is. What about giving Elias Patterson an offer sheet? I think it's too late for an offer sheet from any other team. Yeah, I don't I don't see that. I don't see that happening at all. I mean, you're, you're talking. No, there's just no way. I mean, there really there really isn't. I don't see that any way of that happening. The time would have been do it would have been, you know, Maybe when the hurricane around the you know just early in beginning in the off season, it's too late for this time. Um, not really many teams can afford to give him an offer sheet that would be worth Vancouver thinking about not even matching. So I don't know. I don't. I don't see. I don't see that happening. I mean, it's just it's just it's not. Oh my God! Is he? Is he? Apparently, everyone else can hear him. And then Anthony just got kicked. All right, we might have to cut it short today, guys. See, I, I don't understand why somebody's getting kicked out repeatedly. Hey, can you hear me now? Uh, now I can hear you again. No. According to what Sean said, everybody else thought that everybody else said they could hear you. No, so, uh, that's why I was Mike, letting you Mike, go. Mike said we, you, you, you couldn't hear me. Yeah, no, we couldn't hear you. Me and Anthony. Uh, I don't know what they right. said. They can hear you. No, they didn't. That says can't. Oh, wait, it says Phil, can't. we can't hear you. Yeah, yeah right. that's why I just said, Mark. What the hell? <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I, that time I wasn't you, listening. Phil, we can't hear you. Mark, <laughs> you can't read. <laughs> Hashtag Mark can't read. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, no. Those, those were all issues that were corrected when i was younger wow Maybe that was just my attention span oh uh, wow. wait what do you um, think of the rangers four starting centers for 22-23 grant we're gonna actually i think we're gonna have to correct that at a different day yeah that, because that's too, that's too far ahead i think that's that's too far ahead and uh john davies asking why gallant was removed in florida and vegas I, I'm going to go with issues with the front offices because there's no reason to me in which a coach can have success and then all of a sudden just be canned out of nowhere like that. <laughs> so I, I, I think that there were definitely some things going on behind the scenes between him and ownership. Um, I think maybe had to do with personnel. I'm not even sure, but there were definitely some issues going on. And part of that, I think, is also is that Gallant is a player's coach. He goes to bat for all of his players. So, um, but to, to answer the question on Pedersen, it would cost way too much to offer sheet him. And I, I think you would have to go between 11 and 10 million to have Vancouver not match that. It's not worth it for Elise, for Elise Pedersen. And I think he's a great player but he's not worth that type of money. So, 
Um, offer sheeting him? <coughs> I don't see it. Hughes? No, no. Why would you offer sheet Hughes at this point? No, yeah, he, I, I, think, I don't think. I don't think that would be. He's talking about if if the Devils offer sheeted Elias Pettersson, that the the Canucks would retaliate when Jack Hughes became an RFA. Yeah, and they would. And I, I, I think that the Carolina thing just kind of goes to show you that. Yeah. So the, the fans love to throw out those rumors, and then uh, Carolina actually <laughs> did it this year, which was offer sheeting somebody after the other team offer sheeted. There's a little bit of retaliation, but for the most part, it doesn't usually happen because after all, uh, the fans were throwing out that the Islanders were going to try to offer sheet Matthews a few years ago as retaliation for them poaching John Tavares. No, you're, you're not Matthews Marner. Oh, either one was the, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. All right. So Marner then. So, I mean, and right now, I think if you're Toronto, you might have wanted that to happen. Yeah, so. <laughs> probably. Yeah, that, that 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 team finds more long-term injury reserve than any other team as of late. But uh, players that stood out against the Bruins yesterday, uh, we talked about the earlier Schneider, um, Richards. Now Phil got knocked down. I didn't watch the game. Yeah. Stop it. Unfortunately, I was in an actual business meeting pertaining to us. We will have our website up and running, hopefully within a few weeks of uh, a Big Apple Hockey podcast. We got a lot of ideas and ambitions for it. So we want you guys to check that out eventually. Can you guys hear me? We can hear you right now. Okay. (laughs) Both their names start with an M, so no worries. And actually, Mitch Marner has an extra M. So... It's uh, those were the guys that kind of stood out. And sometimes with defensemen, the ones that don't stand out are great because usually if you stand out, then usually it's because you did a bad job. I I love that Gerard Gallant's our coach. This team looked even losing four nothing to the Islanders. That team looks so much calmer. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's hard to. I don't know. Overall, it's great he's your coach, but, but I don't. I don't. But they didn't. They didn't force the issue at all. That's what. That's what, that's going to help them. Yeah, the, help there them. wasn't much offense really in that lineup, though. I mean, when you have your first and your second lines apart, and your first line is not really even like, listen, Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider is just he's a ghost. When he doesn't want to be there, he doesn't want to be there, and you could see it. And Ha- expecting to get anything out of him in a preseason game? Forget about it. Yeah, I don't think it's so good. much that he doesn't want to. He he doesn't want to be there. I think it's that he's 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 a, a not a puck dependent player, and he's not a guy that will just go get the puck if he's not getting it during a game out of frustration. I think he's one of those guys. You know, let me give you a different guy about that. Like Zygmunt Poppy used to disappear for games, and then suddenly he just pop one in the net. The next thing you know, he pop a second one in the net. Yeah, Ziggy Palfi actually was leading the NHL in scoring for a while during the 2000-2001 season early on from, like, yeah. I would say October to, like, November, late November, early December, I would think. And then Theo Fleury kind of took over from there. So, Yeah, wow. And then your audio just blew up right there. We never have a problem hearing Phil. I, I always have 
uh, a blue studio condenser microphone, but every, everybody else will upgrade eventually. Yeah, but John always projects. Don't, here, don't have to worry about him. Um, I uh, regarding Ziggy Palfi though, Mark. He, I guess it was okay that he did because he was always. I mean, he was an electric player. I mean, the guy, the guy, every time he touched the puck, he kind of he was one of those guys that you got out of your seat. You know, like he was um, in a dark time. He was a really, really bright, shining star for the Islanders. That's why it hurt so much when they when they traded him, especially when they tra- who they traded him for. I mean, Josh Green and Ole Jokinen. Yeah, I know Ole Jokinen kind of you know, made something of his career like after he left the island. But, I mean, Josh Green, Ole Okunen, and, and Matthew Biron, <coughs> Marty's brother. I mean, it was terrible. It was absolutely Yeah, and it's just one of those things, and I'm putting you back in. Don't touch. There you go. I don't understand why the stream keeps booting everybody today. Uh, but the uh... – hey, actually, that's the first uh, in a while, too. But what I mean by that is that Palfi could disappear. He doesn't necessarily need to be a guy. You just, you just get on the puck in an open area. He just fires it. I mean, Chris Kreider, that's Chris Kreider's game. Isn't Todd Bertuzzi's and a lot of Ranger fans would love that. My problem with Chris Kreider is that he's, uh, as John and I always say, he's not, he's not a smart hockey player. He's, he's, he's not smart and he's too inconsistent. Like I said, yeah, he's got the speed. Yeah. He's got the size. Um, but his hockey sense is just non-existent. Let me break it. Let me break it like this. And this is the way a lot of Ranger fans, maybe the consensus is we could always say about him. Chris Kreider is Alexei Kovalev 2.0. He's got all this talent and he's going to come up short with what our expectations are. I don't know if I agree with that. Only because Kovalev could deke you out of a phone booth. I mean, that guy was like, you know, Pavel Datsuk s. Chris Kreider doesn't have those. That doesn't I'm not have- talking about that. I'm talking about the potential the player has versus what his actual production is. Alexei Kovalev never scored 30 goals as a New York Ranger. Alexei Kovalev was had a Hall of Fame career, and his only Stanley Cup came as a New York Ranger. Yeah, I mean, Kovalev, you know. Kovalev for all of his talent. That guy one hand backhanded, one hand backhanded pucks top corner routinely. And the thing is, you looked at him and went, why can't this guy put it all together? You go to Pittsburgh, he scores 40. And then becomes magnetic and electric. And this this player that we thought he was going to be, Montreal was the same thing. But yeah, much more talented. I yeah, agree he's got that. more talent. I'm not arguing that, guys. But you look at Chris Kreider. He's got this. He's got. He's a big guy. Every Ranger fan wants him to play. Like, you know, the, his physical game was actually closer to say Ryan Callahan's. With his size and strength, he'd be a lot yeah. better of a player. But he's really kind of more of a speed player. That's that's a thing about it. He's still I, I, a great I get what net front player. Go ahead, John. Uh, I, I get what you're saying. It, it's it's a disappointment. It, it, it's and I I know that like Stephen and others that defend him will turn around and say, oh well, this is what you get from a 19th overall pick. I get it, but that's not the point. The point is that 
he has the tools to put everything together and be a much better player. And he just consistently disappoints. And part of it is that he just doesn't give you the efforts on a nightly basis. And to me, that's not what a captain should be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, and I do think that he probably will get named captain, but I, I, I yeah, just, you know, that would be a bad, a bad decision. I think it would be. Yeah. I think it would be a bad decision to name him. I mean, it would be. I don't think it's a bad decision because he still does all the off the ice stuff. All the, all the rookies go to train with him. Um, it's not a bad decision. He doesn't but have that, to be the biggest guy. I, I get that off ice stuff. I understand all that, but it's the fact that he's. We're gonna wait a minute for Phil's audio to kick back in. <laughs> I think he just realized. I know. And the worst part is he was he was having a good folk moment. Yeah. Great audio. This is this is what we got. Great audio today. All right, we're gonna go about another 10 minutes. Cause yeah, I think we can make it 10 minutes. Yeah. I, I, I... you're back, Philk. Nark, you gotta look into what was going on here. Today. Yeah, this uh, is bad. This is really yeah, no, I'll, I'll I'll ask, I'll put it in the comments. Well, I mean, any of us could do it. You got the other stuff. Even yeah, Trooper um, getting the C is one thing. Um, and by the way, Rich, the, the funny thing is, I, I'm saying Kovalev's a disappointment. He's still one of my most beloved Rangers of all time. Uh, he's also an alias that I use anywhere I go. Whenever I go out, I always write down my name is Alex Kovalev. Okay. Uh, but, but the thing is, is with, with, with Kreider, it's that, yeah, sure, he's a good locker room presence. Sure, he's in the community. Sure, he does those other things. Sure, he pulls players aside. But what type of example are you setting as a captain when you don't show up for at least half the games? What type of example is that? What message are you sending to the young players on your team? Oh, that it's okay for me to loaf for God knows how many games and then disappear and you know and then reappear and go on fire for five to ten games and then disappear for another 20 to 30. That's okay. That's what you want as a captain. That's why the bar has been set so freaking low in this organization for as far as as far as long as it has because we have our fans obsessing over players like matt zuccarello and yeah i like matt zuccarello matt zuccarello was awesome but you still have people you are still ranger fans crying over the fact that he's not here anymore three years later three seasons later come on get a grip and now chris Kreider is supposed to be captain material oh god give me a break this is why this team has been mired in mediocrity for as long as they have, because the fans accept it, because the fans think that this is what greatness is. And then any time you point back to Mark Messier being the captain in his day, or Adam, you know, Adam Graves or someone like that, or Brian Leach, oh, well, you're just a boomer and you have that boomer mentality. That doesn't fly anymore these days. No, that's what greatness is. That's what the example should be, not this absolute pile of garbage that we've been handed to us for God knows how long. Oh, well, Ryan McDonough was a great captain. Ryan McDonough was a great captain? Yeah, they don't know what a great captain is. Really? I don't think you, I don't think fans know what a great captain is. And anytime someone brings up Messier, they get annoyed because they don't want to hear about Messier anymore. And Messier is overrated. 
the Messier's overrated crowd is just as stupid as the Henrik Lundqvist is bad crowd people. Right. Well, no, that's that's no, stupid. It's all I, garbage. It's, it's all garbage. We need to raise the bar. We need the bar raised. It's not high enough. <clears throat> well, first things first, Mark Messier is a very tough act to follow. Mark yes, Messier and I'm not saying anybody has Mark to be Messier. Mark Messier, but raise the bar. Be better. Be consistent. Show up every damn night. You know why Adam Graves would have been a real good captain? Even though he might have not been the most vocal guy in the room? Because Adam Graves brought it every damn night, every damn shift. That's yep. what you want from your captain. You don't yep. just want the guy that talk, brings the guy aside when he makes a mistake, taps on the shoulder, says, it's all right, we'll get that one back, and so on. Or, you know, he's in camp and in practice teaching them things and, you know, talking to them and stuff like that. All that stuff's great. But you've got to be an example, a leader by example on the ice. You have to be. Hmm. He's right. Okay. Uh, so I don't think Kreider is the right choice. Well, captain. Then in that case, first off, the Rangers fumbled this, by the way, three years ago. Why not name him captain in 2018? He was the longest tenured Ranger. and Or him and Mark Stahl. That would have been two choices right there. You don't have a captain for three years. That's ridiculous. So that is, and then that's the thing. What what changed between then and now? Because Kreider's the same exact player. What? Because he's talking to a guy in the side here and there. Yeah, you think he was, that's gonna, he that's was still talking with Bushnevich back in 2017 when McDonough was a captain. Pavel Bushnevich is a different story because Pavel Bushnevich was a young player developing. We already know what we have with Chris Kreider, and you know what? Yeah. If Chris Kreider is vocal in the locker room, good, good, but. He doesn't show up a lot of the times. Do you know that nine of his 21 goals, no, sorry, nine of his 20 goals came in a six-game span? Hold on. We lost him. We got to get him back. Because nine of his 21 goals? Nine of his 20, sorry. 20 goals came in a six-game span this season. That's bad. And you know what? Oh, well, the Crider's a 20-goal guy. Well, Kreider could give you more. And it's not just about the points or the goals. It's about showing up every damn night. And Dave's right. Messier said that when he came to New York, he didn't want to be complacent about the goals. Mm -hmm. He was the guy who said, we're not going to not talk about the cup. We're going to go after the damn thing. We don't exactly. have that here. The bar's not set high enough. Yeah. And 100% and on all that. Now, again, this is something I think the Rangers fumbled because they were too busy trying to go, well, we're in a rebuild. We'll let the young team make their own identity, blah, 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 blah. They had a college coach that was learning the ropes and might not have wanted to shut up. Just we now know it's a mistake. And you know what? Galant is here and that mistake is going to be made. Uh, sorry, be fixed. I mean, but I mean, he didn't name a captain in Vegas. But he didn't have to. He had an expansion team. They didn't even have a captain to follow through with. But this team needs a captain. And mm -hmm. you know what? Chris Drury was still a good captain for what he was able to do when he was able to be yeah. on the ice. Remember, in 20, yeah. I think it was 2011, he played one game, one game, scored a goal that jump-started a rally to get, him back, to get them all back on here. So we are going to finish this, uh, this conversation up and then I conclude. That was because of me trying to get you back on, Anthony. Yeah, I tried. Oh. To, I tried to get you back it, in. But... It's a good thing we all have the uh, yeah the, the admin privileges now. 
but it's it, but it is just that they they need they need a captain and you know what you're not a captain alone I, i've heard some grumblings that somebody some people were saying callahan wasn't as great of a captain but he busted his balls every single night what do you what do you what do you want from the guy well look at the 2013 game against the winnipeg jets that he ended up blocking two shots and hitting two guys without a stick we broke a stick on a penalty kill and yes that's what you want and, the, and obviously what I'd love it if Chris Kreider can impose his will as much as he can, but instead we don't get it. Just, just think about this. Look, look at the difference. Look at the difference in the Islanders when, uh, when Anders Lee took over the sea for John Tavares. Night and day. Night and day. Night and day. It made, it made a, it made a huge difference. I, I mean, Anders Lee, I think is a great, is a great captain. He just has that, he has that personality. Um, and he, some guys have it, some guys have it and some guys don't. Well, Beijing winter games will not allow visitors from outside <laughs> China. That's interesting. All right. But we're going to leave it off there guys. Cause you know, we can go for a while, but uh, yes, you do want effort night in and night out from your captain and your leader. And that's that's what that's what you need. So uh, we're we're going to we are going to cut it out right now because we're having all these technical difficulties. But we had a great conversation just now with that. Um, I still would go with Chris Kreider as the captain right now. And then worst case scenario, it's a different guy in two years. Yeah, I know, I know. It's president, president of the Chris Kreider fan club. So you, are, you are the president of the Chris Kreider yeah. club. I mean, there was one of the times I said it. I said I was a vice president. I was the vice president <laughs> of my own fictional fan club. But guys, thank you very much, everybody, for joining us today. We're gonna cut it off right here. Um, I'm gonna put on the Dan Rosen interview tonight, uh, in about maybe 20, 30 minutes, and we'll also. Uh, we got a uh, preseason like parody song of "We Didn't Start the Fire." You'll check that out tomorrow morning. Great when it's posted. And uh, yeah, well, everybody, take it easy. We'll all see you soon. Take care, everybody.